Martini Giant fans, this is episode number 110, which is the Martin Scorsese film King of Comedy from 1982, starring uh, Robert De Niro, Jerry Lewis, and Sarah Bernhardt. Now, this is a very interesting movie. Uh, I guess you could call it a comedy. This is an Eric pick, by the way. It's one of his favorite films, uh, which are excited to have that on. Uh, Jerry Lewis plays an actually fairly serious role, even though this is technically about comedy, uh, which is very interesting as well. This is based on a true story about someone who used to stalk Johnny Carson, believe it or not. It's kind of interesting in that way. Uh, really good film. Uh, love it. Uh, one of the underrated Scorsese films. Uh, we've done a couple of his underrated films, such as Bringing Out the Dead and uh, After Hours. Really good films. In fact, After Hours was done right after this movie, so just to give you a little bit of a timeline, on, on all that, uh, which is interesting because After Hours is clearly a comedy as well. So anyway, fascinating stuff about Scorsese. I've always had some interesting things to think about him, uh, especially in those uh, days in the 70s and 80s when he was doing some pretty weird stuff. Uh, lots of great, interesting things. Uh, don't have many announcements right now, uh, but uh, anyway, we'd love to be able to uh, make sure a uh, couple of reminders. Uh, go check, go to our uh, our, our Twitch, uh, and we'd love to have you uh, check out our Twitch because that is where we do all of these broadcasts, and uh, the Twitch have actually been quite interesting and quite fun and interactive. Uh, we usually do them on Saturdays at 3 p.m., uh, and when we're not doing podcasts, we're doing watch parties. Watch parties are a lot of fun. Uh, we'd love to continue to have you there. Uh, if Saturdays at 3 p.m. doesn't don't doesn't work for you guys and you'd like to be able to still join and have some suggestions of other times. We're actually thinking about other times that we could do it to make it all work. Uh, sort of the best place to have that discussion is on our Discord. So uh, if you go to our YouTube page, uh, youtube.com slash at Martini Giant, uh, you'll be able to watch this, by the way, on YouTube instead of uh, listening to it. Uh, and uh, there's a Discord link in our description of all of our stuff there. So go check that out. Uh, but yeah, we'd love to have you uh, be part of our Discord as well. And don't forget, of course, if you'd like to support us, just go to patreon.com slash martini giant. Uh, and uh, we'd love to have you as a supporter on our Patreon as well. But for now, please enjoy episode number 110, King of Comedy. Fun's over, Jerry. Fun's over. Join in on the conversation. We're going to be talking about today, Martin Scorsese's King of Comedy. As you can see behind us. That's, 1982, uh, mm-hmm. I believe um, it was. A major departure for him and De Niro. Was it? And, uh, yeah, because like this is the post-Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, you know, like... King of New York. Uh, King of New York. Uh, no, yeah, I no, mean, New York, New York. No, yeah, like all these, like, like a bunch of really heavy hitter movies, and this one... Is, uh, this is, this is the sort of the break into Scorsese of the eighties, which yeah. is a very weird landscape, uh, yeah. that people mostly have mostly blown off, but I actually really love. Uh, and, uh, cause it's, it's very, it's very experimental and it's very aggressive and it's really weird. And, uh, but there's is, a lot the of taxi driver in it as well. Oh, with that, I think this movie is as taxi driver as taxi driver is. He's yeah. still making that movie, right. but he's doing some, he's doing weird shit on top of that. That sort of alienated people, I think largely too. But it's, it, it's it holds up as a film more than some of his other ones. I, I think I, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into this because this is hey, a, can you get your mic closer, please? Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is a really, 
This is a really fa- this is a bet- much better movie today than it was when it came out. Like, yes, this is a much is. much more. This is a very prescient movie, <laughs> I think. Hundred uh, so, percent. And it's weird to think that Milos Forman originally started the project. No kidding, really. Oh, yeah. the, I, I knew that De Niro had the rights to the script. Like he had since seventy five, so right. six, based off somebody who was stalking uh, Johnny Carson. Oh wow! Nice. So this was based on someone stalking Johnny Carson. Yeah, originally written. Now, if you read the original script, which I have here, pull out the script. Um, that's how much I like this film. Um, there's a lot of stuff. Oh, we'll talk about it once we get going. Because yeah, this is a, this is the hangout portion. We shouldn't get too deep. Yeah, uh, we're waiting for people to show. Up. Let's hey, not get too deep. It's just me, little old Ed Hurley. <laughs> and here's Jerry. Uh, I okay. So Jerry, things. hey Jerry, with cards. Fun's over, Jerry. Fun's over. Please. Fun's, Fun's over. over. Jerry. I knew a guy when I was a student uh, in undergrad, and he just would always say, "Hey, Shields, fun's over, Jerry. Okay, fun's <laughs> over. Playtime's over. Okay, read the cards." Yeah. Oh man. So, uh, but in the broader sense, this, this is the chit chat period. How's everybody doing? Doing okay. Good. Uh, besides this podcast, whether you guys have any other plans for New Year's Eve? I do not. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Nothing fancy. AI. I'm going to be doing some prompting. On nice. You're going to prompt away. I've prompt like so hell. Much success with that. That I'm just. I think we're just going to be sitting here watching movies, eating French onion soup. Oh, that's nice. What movies do you watch on? Um... On New Year's. Well, I was going to watch uh, Trading Places, but uh, Brady already watched it this afternoon. Not that we can't watch <laughs> it again, but yeah, he already watched it. This that's, a, that's a good New Year's one. That's we a great watched one. that at Christmas in my family. Yeah. Uh, Trading Places is good. Uh, what's another good New Year's? I mean, there's a couple, right? I guess the most classic one that everyone thinks of probably is When Harry Met Sally. Uh, I don't know. A movie, a movie I, I enjoy. Coming but, home is a good. Oh, coming! Christmas. It's so good. You good. do that and uh, uh, Salo, 120 Days of Sodom, and you Sodom. are like that, yeah, set that's for like the double. Fe- that's a family double feature, and that's Christmas so nice. Eve. Nothing reads more than Christmas than John Voight and Coming Home that's or The right. Deer Hunter. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's yeah. A, that's yeah, a, yeah. That's that's a, you. May, it'll certainly make you feel better that. You made it another day. <laughs> what better way to celebrate midnight than with Midnight Cowboy? <laughs> exactly. Sure. Yep. I, I love the fact that in Seinfeld, they literally make fun of Midnight Cowboy. Like, only Seinfeld could find a way to make a parody of Midnight Cowboy within Seinfeld. Within Seinfeld, yeah. <laughs> and, and they also did uh, the great bit on uh, Schindler's List, which is amazing. They, like, they, they did a Schindler's List thing. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry keeps falling asleep in Schindler's List. <laughs> they, they also did, they also did uh, the thing where, uh, um, what was it? Uh, uh, Marathon Man would like the him yeah. down the street. Him, him. <laughs> him. <laughs> Stop that man. <laughs> Stop that man. <laughs> oh, I really love the background, by the way. The Twitch background looks fantastic. Yeah, good. when you were not good. in the when it was just when I was when you hadn't showed up yet, and Eric and I were setting up, it was just me between us two. Between here, I'll I'll turn it off here real it quick so you can see there. Uh, oh, hold on. Oh, sorry. There you go. So there you go. So you'll see it in a second. Yeah, yeah. 
There you go. You can see that one. You two yeah. and the pups. You should oh, take our images off because it looks kind of cool. It's just that. Oh, or, it's so good. Now, or, people want to see our smiling faces. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Man, man, oh, man. No, no I, I think uh, yeah, we're going to have a, a good uh, lazy video game and movie based um, New Year's, which would be nice. We have uh, nice. apple cider. We're going to uncork some apple cider. Uh, the. And uh, and take it take it breezy. Um, uh, Intuition nineteen seventy seven has joined us. Thank you for joining us, Intuition. Right on. Uh, welcome appreciate aboard. It. Welcome to Martini Giant uh, New Year's Eve party. For those of you who are listening to this podcast in the future, when it's actually released as a podcast, we recorded this on New Year's Eve. And yes. For those of you who are joining <laughs> us on the podcast weird. on By the, the way, Twitch, Intuition nineteen seventy seven. Yeah, it's Casey. Casey, you know, hey, without Casey. looking at it come up, it's almost like um, that's like was that in the name of your first band in high school? Intuition seventy seven. Seventy seven. <laughs> I was in a band, one of a band in, in high school, and all we played was like we would just do sets of just complete Talking Heads seventy seven album. Played rhythm guitar, and it was just like it worked. You do that, mix it with a little bit of Clash or uh, the Specials. Nice. That's, but, that's a nice business. If anybody's listening, Talking Head 77 is a really beautiful album. Oh, any early Talking Heads, actually all Talking Heads, really, but early Talking Heads. Early, early is. Yeah, it's like really, uh, more songs about buildings and food. Food, yeah. Uh, right. 77, all that stuff. I, and the movie that you never uh, saw until we watched it for Martini Giant. Uh, True Stories. Stories. Great yeah. film. Great film. Yeah. There, there are movies that, that uh, we have not seen. And uh, we celebrate that because, for instance, Chris has not seen King of Comedy until. Uh, no, I saw King of Comedy. In other examples, some other people have not seen. <laughs> I thought, I'm sorry, I thought you had not. I thought you had not. No, 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 no. So, so, but let's talk about the, the our, our our plan here. So, our plan, and this is an Eric idea. He's like, hey, you know what? Our our inventory was getting low. Eric said, let's just bang out a whole bunch of podcasts, and so it keeps us covered for a while. So in the next week, we're going to record three of them, which means that we're going to have one today, what we're doing right now. We're going to do another one on Monday, uh, uh, January 2nd, which will be uh, Tootsie. So Eric chose King of Comedy. Eric, This is an Eric, uh, Eric favorite, King of Comedy. Uh, and then Tootsie is going to be uh, uh, Dan's, one of Eric, uh, Dan's favorites. It's one of my it – is, it is my favorite comedy of all time. It is his favorite comedy of all time. And then January 2nd, we'll be doing that. Uh, sorry, January, yeah, January, Monday, January 2nd. And then uh, Saturday, January 7th, we're going to be doing a movie that neither of these guys have seen, which is a very well-known film that they haven't seen it before, which is Anti-Mame. And I love Anti-Mame. So Anti-Mame uh, is, uh, is up there. So mm -hmm. that's pretty interesting. Uh, so nice speaking of films. I feel good about this. Yeah, and actually, that's a good thing, right? So that's exactly the definition of our podcast, movies you never got around to seeing, and now you don't have to because Dan and Eric will tell you all about it, right? Yep, that's it. So that, so that is our plan, and that's where we're going to go from here. Uh, Drapsnot is here as well. I don't know who uh, Drapsnot is. I think you're welcome new. Welcome to uh, to the podcast, Rock and the Martini Giant. Welcome, right. of course, to uh, Jason, and Happy New Year back to you. Thing. Yes. <laughs> so as as I stated, this is... One of and Jason's here too. Jason, uh, um, as I stated, this is one of Eric's favorite films. Uh, he loves it so much. He owns the script and has books on it and owns it on 
uh, double quadruple Blu-ray 8K version. Uh, and uh, it's a great, anyway, it's a really cool film. So, Eric, tell us why you love this film so much. Well, uh, and that is why I love this film. Thank you, guys. <laughs> and um, you know what it is? I think it goes back to I saw this in 83, and it was on HBO. Gotcha. I, I didn't see it in the theaters. It was on HBO. And I remember seeing it, just like I remember seeing on HBO um, uh, Spinal Tap. I was, like, so pumped. And there was something, and it reminded me, there was something so, um, it was hilarious. And it reminded me a lot of a movie that at that time, and still is one of my favorite movies, I've seen 34, 35 times, is Broadway Danny Rose. Oh, yeah. And they shot some of Broadway really close to where they shot uh, the exterior scenes uh, for this film, except for like at the UN Plaza, the UN uh, um, hotel, uh, UN apart, uh, apartments. Jerry Langford's place is the UN Plaza next to the UN on the mm -hmm. East Set River. And it's a beautiful apartment complex, very expensive. But uh, it was the same time. It's also weirdly the same time The Clash were doing, and I'll send a link to that, they were doing 15 nights at the Bonds Theater across the street. That's right. why The Clash is in the movie. Oh, that's you can see Strummer and Mick Jones in the film yeah. uh, as street scum. She's yeah. like, get out of here, you scum. And yeah. it was them on yeah. the side of the street. That's amazing. And I had heard that, and I had read and on numerous occasions that um, the Clash were doing their shows, and they overbooked, or there was a problem with the promoter that screwed them, so they had to do 15 shows or 15 uh, days, and it was an afternoon show and a night show. It was ridiculous to pay. They were Otherwise, they were screwed and affected visa or something like that. So they did it. West Way to the World covers that, which is a great clash, clash doc. So they were doing the Bonds, you know, afternoon show, like a free show, and then a show at nine. And they used to hang out at this pool hall, uh, which was by what became MTV Studios. So it was like by Times Square, but towards the west on like um, 50, uh, 48th or something, 48th Street Studios. And David Byrne did a show there. I'm rambling, Chris, but I'm going to circle around. Don't worry. And they used to go play pool. And um, they were shooting so much in Times Square that um, De Niro used to go there with walk-in and play pool and just kill time. Can you imagine all but of those hold on. folks So the together. Clash ended up hanging out. So then they just would hang out and play pool with those guys in the afternoons. De Niro, the Clash, walking. Yeah, and a whole sort of, and, and <laughs> all these people. And then that's where De Niro said, you have to read this book by Michael Herr called Dispatch. And Joe Strummer read it, and then they made Combat Rock. That's why if you wow. listen to Combat Rock, there's like, um, you know, Go straight to hell, right? Yep. It's all hell. kind of about America and Vietnam, and mm -hmm. it's and I have a book that has it's called Requiem. I'll show you in a bit about them that time, and um, so I remember hearing that through people and interviews and stuff. I was like, wow, so magical that time. But when I saw the film, I was blown away by how funny it was. 
I was very attracted to um, uh, what's um, Sandra Bernhardt. Sandra, yeah, and I knew she was a lesbian, but I was like, God, she's so beautiful and kooky. And yeah, those she's, glasses, a, she's a great like character those, in this. Man. Those she's like uh, Menachem Begin glasses, <laughs> and I just was like, she's insane, but beautiful, insane, and. I just remember how scared I was the whole time. I was like, why? It was just so off-putting. And you chuckle, though, how crazy and, and mad they were, but yet they were kind of normal, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's strange, too. There was a lot of things. And I remember, like, Shelly Hack, who worked for the guy, actually went to high school with my sister. She grew up in the same town we did. So, um, like, that's – I remember, oh, that's Shelly Hack. She grew up in Greenwich. And then um, I remember the producer who was that, that was uh, really Johnny Carson's producer. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. That would yeah. be a Bert. Um, uh, He's called Bert, isn't he? Yeah, but it's yeah. his real name is, and that was, or he was Ronald Reagan's good friend, and he was became uh, the producer to the very end for Johnny Carson. Yeah, the guy with the Harry Carey glasses, right? The, the big. That's right. Let me yeah, get yeah. on the phone. Just tell him yeah. I can't talk. But right. so much of that is like old school uh, New York. Yeah, but yeah, I just sure. was, it's a very off putting movie because there are particular scenes when he goes into the house. It's comedic, but at the same time, it's so, you're like, no, you just invited yourself. And it was so off putting. Mm -hmm. And you'd sense it with her uh, when they're in the house with Mr. Langford, but then you have the Chan character. Who's like, you did good, Mr. Langford. You know, yeah, and he's right. like, thank you, Chang. You know, and he was just like, <laughs> yeah, like apparently, yeah. apparently he directed those scenes. Yes, uh, that's what I heard Scorsese say as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, but there was, a, he did, uh, he he had a lot of insight into that movie. Um, but yes, it was Milos Forman who, and then De Niro tried to get him to do the script before Raging Bull. And they came to him after and I don't know if, and I, this is all speculation, but I know that there was a period in Scorsese's life where he was trying to kick certain powers. Oh, he was, yeah, he was in a uh, substance abusing abuse, mode. Yeah, and I know yeah. that, like, oh, yes. and after hours. I know that was, for. <laughs> yeah, it was like really that time. But for me, I think it's, it is a brilliant film. It's awkward, it's scary. But there's so much human nature in there, and there's so much sadness. But it's really a strange film. And I just, at that time in my age, I was a teenager. I was blown away because that wasn't a typical, I loved De Niro, and I loved Raging Bull, but it was so off-putting. It was like Taxi Driver. And it was these two, and, but yet yeah, it was very, the thing about it was these worlds were so strange. Like, like Jerry Langford lived kind of, you don't really see his family or loved ones. It's very isolated world. Of well, that's the thing, right? He, he, he's trapped. He was a, he was a trapped character yeah. in a lot of ways. Even before he is literally trapped. Before he's literally trapped. He can't walk home. He can't do anything, anything. in his life. Yeah. Right. And so why would you want to be that so much? Everyone in the movie hates everyone else in the movie. Right. Everyone. And it's, that's uh, right. I think that the, I think the brilliance of this movie, and I'm, I'm just going to echo a lot of what Eric just said, but it's like, this is not a comedy. This is a horror movie. <laughs> like, this but is, at the same this time, is, it's funny. Her improv, like, 
Which it's is, tremendous. I just want to get crazy. I just, you know, I just want to get single like Tina Turner. And she's just that, that kind of stuff, which she improv. Oh, um, apparently they didn't get along. Who? Oh, yeah. Uh, Bernhardt. Scorsese and Bernhardt? No, Bernhardt and Jerry Lewis. Yeah, no, she's, uh, she said he was kind of like my dad. Yeah, he's know? like the and old school Jewish like dad, guy, yeah. like my yeah. dad. And, right. And so they just don't get people like me, right. in a sense. And, and she's uh, like, yeah, she, cause, uh, I, I, I'm probably going off of, uh, the interviews that you saw, but it's like, she was like Bernhard is uh, like she is she she remains a very um, intense personality, uh, and she is she said that she is very much like that person when when they made the movie. Like this, really, it really spoke to her in uh, you know how sort of. Uh, unstable she felt in her own life uh and uh and she she really kind of looks at her character as a good guy <laughs> that was the vibe that i got from her and that yeah. uh and that jerry really deserved it uh deserved the situation he was in uh it's very interesting because like when she's talking about it she's just like you know because like you know men like that you know can't handle women like me right mm -hmm. i'm just like but you know that you're the bad guy in the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. But yeah, no, this, this movie is, uh, to me like, uh, cause like it does have, like it has, it's like, it's like if you took taxi driver, right. And in it, you switched the attention or you switched the story around so that you were following Albert Brooks and, uh, and what's her face, uh, 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 moonlighting. What's the, what's the, uh, great actor. She's in, uh, yes, uh, you know, what I'm talking about. I can't, yeah. I can't. Oh, I, oh, who uh, married? What's his name? Yeah. She, yeah, yeah. Paper uh, moon or, or not paper moon. What was she in? Yes. Yeah. Married Bogdanovich. It's embarrassing. I can't what, think of Sybil uh, Shepherd. Sybil Shepherd. <laughs> so if you took Albert Brooks's and Sybil Shepherd, the, the scenes with them, the in, kind of goofy, in, weird comic tone of those scenes in Taxi Driver, oh, and right. then made the Travis Bickle movie part, like the parts in right. the same way that those scenes were made. Like, you know, like what this movie, what uh, what King of Comedy is about, is actually totally horrifying. What's really funny when I looked at this, and I could see what's happening, but it's a little bit like, ugh, right? Is I looked up pictures, obviously, you know, because I try to get pictures and get things or whatever for the for the podcast, and then this shows up. And then, amongst all the pictures of De Niro, are pictures of Joaquin Phoenix in The Joker. Oh, The Joker, yeah. yes, right. Yeah, right. And yeah. so then it started looking like, ah, oh, right. And so they're like, does the Joker live in this Scorsese verse? I'm like. Scorsese verse. Just the fact that they're making <laughs> Scorsese would have died if you heard that. If think about I that. Yeah, I think not... about that. They're like, no, no, no. We gotta they turn it into a Marvelverse. It, into yeah. the Marvel verse. Like, yeah, you know. Yeah. So like, yes, we gotta make a franchise. So Scorsese yeah. as a franchise, that means that Do you taxi... know he was attached or in discussion to direct the drama? No, he was like he was associated with that. Like he's the like he's yeah, but, not as anti Marvel as, he, as people want us to think he is. Yeah, to direct he was he was in talks. I believe he may have Still been attached as producer of Joker. I mean, like it is a Joker is king of comedy. It's like people talk about it as like it's part tax. It's all it's a hundred percent king of comedy. Yeah, that's the whole gag. And like I think is I and I, it's got De Niro 
as Captain Nero, basically doing Rupert Pupkin. Pupkin. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, like yeah. Rupert Pupkin has his own fucking show in the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. This is basically that show. And De Niro yeah. is as awkward and bizarre in The Joker as Pupkin would have been mm-hmm. in, uh, in real, if he had continued on to make a show. Right. You know, so I think that it's like, I think that's what they're going for. And like, you know, I'm on record thinking The Joker is a pretty good movie. I don't think it's a incredible work of art like king of comedy but it's an okay movie right um but there's no reason to say one is part of the other like one is definitely profoundly inspired by the other and the other has no connection to the first (laughs) absolutely so like that i would i think that's a good thing to 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 point out but it is funny that there was like oh wait a minute this is king of comedy right so you can say you can say the joker is part of it but it was like is it part of the Scorsese version. No. I'm like, oh my god! No. Just the fact that someone used that term <laughs> and wants to, right? It's like a Tarantino no. verse or a Scorsese verse. I'm like, oh please. Well, that's the thing. It's like, like <laughs> Tarantino is actually like he is he he is constructing a weird little universe that all yes. the films are connected. That's what he wants to do because yeah. that matches what his films do. But like he's doing it as a sort of a as a joke on intertextuality. Which is sure. not what the Marvel films are doing. The Marvel films are trying to advertise films within films. That's that's their point. It's, um, like, it's like branding or promotion within. Yeah. It. It's yeah. like product placement. Yeah, it's it's product placement, placement of itself within itself. You know, yeah. and uh, and like there's there's only so much entertainment. That's an value. AI short film right there. Product yeah. placement, and then just an endless <laughs> zoom of product placement within exactly. itself. <laughs> but, uh, but this movie, I'm uh, this is a. This is a big statement, but I don't know if there's a better movie about social media than no. King of. Oh, this is a, this is very good. <laughs> this is a very good thing. Except the thing about this is you don't physically harm people as much as you do in this one, but you, yeah. you definitely you know. Yeah. But the fact that you can tweet at anyone is yes. kind of a thing. All right, yes. let's talk a little bit about what this movie is about because uh, some people have not seen it. I'm assuming. Uh, uh, Casey or uh, Jason or whoever's on there, the track, let us know if very you guys few have people, seen it. Even Casey, Scorsese have you fans seen have seen it? this one. I think Casey's seen Maybe, but we'll, we'll see. Let's find out. But yeah, like, I, I would say that for the most part, even Scorsese fans may not have gotten around to this one. It was actually kind of hard to find. Like, it's Casey. only on Apple right now. Casey. It's not something you can rent on yeah. any of the other services, not on Netflix or any of that. Stuff. Casey said he's yeah. seen Tootsie. Now, keep in mind that uh, we're going to do Tootsie on Monday, Monday. not today. So, yeah. so just tune back in on please, Monday if you want to see. Come back. Let's talk about talk about advertisement within itself. Please come yeah. back to our other show that we're going to be is doing. Is that Cork? What's that? Is that Cork? <laughs> is that Cork? No, I'm just. What is that? No, is that Cork? cork? I'm just noticing the pattern. That woman was the best secretary in any movie. She oh said, yeah, that's what's oh, what's the actress name? She said before it's Hack. Hack. What's her name? No, Shelley Hack is the blonde assistant. It, you know, that's who I thought it was. Yes, yeah, like that. Uh, yeah, Shelley Hack is she Shelley Hack is great. And I've seen her in other stuff. Woody Allen films. Yes, she's, she's right. in the. She's walking the down the street, and she's the uh, the the, the, uh, yeah, the yes, yes, yes. Great, 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 great. Oh, I don't know. I just like this and that. No. Yeah, I don't have uh, anything interesting to say, and that's about it. Just what I thought. <laughs> no, that's that's. There it. you go. There you go. All right, so let's start on this bill. Large vibrating starts, egg. <laughs> we haven't done. We haven't done. Uh, uh, um, oh, what's her name? The name of the movie is is Annie Hall. We haven't done Annie Hall yet. Mm, mm. Okay. Um, really great. It is. And we can do some uh, great walk into that one. Let's, all right. We, I, now I'm derailing myself. 
This is crazy. Go for it. All right. So it starts off with it is a typical uh, talk show, right? Uh, talk show uh, uh, or late night show. So it's pretty much the Johnny Carson show, almost exactly. In fact, the guy's even called Ed, right? Yeah. Ed Hurley. Yeah, but who? But it's isn't it Ed McMahon for obviously? It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's basically right. Ed McMahon. Right. It opens up with it basically the opening of the show, right? And it's one hundred percent real feeling, like one hundred percent real feeling. Stone it's cold, hundred percent real feeling. It feels exactly like you're watching the Johnny Carson show. No, um, and. Not only that, but it's not Johnny Carson. It is Jerry Lewis, who is called Jerry Langford. So they use Jerry, right? So they use his first name. So they goes. Apparently, and, they weren't going to use his name. Really? They they? It, no, because they had it as just like Johnny yeah. something or other. Oh, and, right. And right. Jerry Lewis was adamant. He said, no, we're going to use Jerry. the name Jerry. Because honestly, every time I go back to New York and I'm walking down the street, Construction workers always scream Jerry. So it'd be perfect. I could be walking down the street and you don't have to do it, direct anybody. Just everybody will say, Hey, Jerry. Yeah. And this scene with a woman, you should get cancer actually happened to him. That, yeah, that's an incredible. Oh my event. God. Yeah. Can you just talk yeah. to my, my, talk to my son? He's still, he's still, oh, uh, sorry. Yeah. You should get, cancer. you should get cancer. <laughs> but people oh, are like that is unbelievable. Yeah. It's absolutely. Oh, true. and I miss the pay phones in New York. Remember those? Oh, pay yeah. Phones? Yeah. Yes. But yeah, okay. The, uh, like, so to continue onward, we have this. So, uh, that is, uh, we should, I will. So he is a very, very famous talk show host. Uh, Jerry Lewis does. By the way, I have to say, you know, if you don't, if you think of Jerry Lewis as, you know, all those oddball characters that he did with Dean Martin back in the day, and like, you know, he is not that. He nope. is stone cold sense of humor like he he does it as cold little jokes that's only johnny carson jokes right but very very calm collected smooth smooth talking right, right? and a little bit mean like he doesn't a little, seem like a, a little mean he doesn't seem like a nice there's guy there's a real darkness to mm -hmm. jerry and it's interesting you say that because i was talking to somebody who's a writer oh about six seven months ago about this other thing i'm doing and he worked for him and for who for jerry lewis yeah and he said exactly what he just said. There was like, you know, there was, I won't say anybody's names or anything, but there was definitely, he was not, definitely a nice person. Yeah. And, I, I um, think, I think that was, the was, guy he's me, playing in the movie is very I much I won't him. say the stories. He told me some stories. I was like, what? But it makes sense. Now, to think about, oh, you know, Can Comedy is such a dark film. Remember, he made a film that he refused to release in 1971. The, the Day the Clown Cried. That's right. Explain right. what the day of the clown. It is cry. about a. Uh, it's about a concentration camp. Yes, uh, and a guy who is a clown in a concentration camp. Now, isn't this a little bit like what's the the the? It was eventually literally made into right. a, what I think is an excellent movie called right. uh, "Life Is Beautiful." Life is beautiful with uh, what's his name, ben Roberto Benigni. Roberto Benigni. Right. And it's and, like I think that's a tremendous film. I think it's an incredibly heartfelt, beautiful movie. Yeah. Um, At that time, that was serious. But like, I can imagine the kind of like I'm not a I'll be, I'll be honest like I'm not a giant Jerry Lewis fan of his comedy no. or anything. I love him in King of Comedy. He is perfect in King of Comedy. But I cannot imagine how embarrassing the day the cl the clown cried must have been. Like I'm betting that that is a no. Oh yeah, it's 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 really dark. 
It's really so, dark. Yeah. And so that's my point. Like you would say, well, why would Jerry Lewis do a film that's kind of edgy and dark, mm-hmm. but it's really disturbing. Yeah. Okay. And then it makes it more interesting. It. That's and much more interesting. I think a lot of people were just shocked and said, you can't release this. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they didn't. Well, but he did some interesting, weird, like even in his silly comedies that he did, like suddenly if, do you guys ever see Cinderella? <laughs> oh yeah, I did actually. Yeah. Yeah. That's did he suddenly like, he's like, rah, 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 and then suddenly he's like, Hey, he's all smooth and completely different character than you're right. used to. Yep. And you're like, wait a second. Yep. Cause you just expect him to be like that all the time. Well, he clearly at some point started to present that stick. That stick. Yeah. Like he, like that he had made so much, he had made his career doing that. The old lady kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. And like when you get a few movies into the him and Dean Martin, you can tell that, that Lewis tired is like, I am fucking tired of doing this boy. Yeah. And so he wanted to very much to be taken seriously as an artist and really only like the French took him seriously as an artist in the same way that they like later took, they didn't like, uh, things like playtime were bombs that they were on when they opened, but like the French took, uh, uh, things like playtime where you're just like, it's, this is really insanely creative. Comedy can be can be art kind of stuff. Right. I've never felt that way about Lewis's films. I think that uh, I think his shtick wears pretty thin. But like it, it does, like and it's very an it's very childish and sophomore. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. But it, it what I think is more interesting is not necessarily his shtick, but the fact that he is he may have something more. Right. King of Comedy right. clearly is an example. Oh, yeah. Of that. He's he's tremendous in King. Right. And then the other, and then I also think like. You know, you see it every now and then. So I am curious to see it. Was it the day the clown? The day the clown cried. Yeah, because I will definitely say it's either maudlin and terrible or it's dark and fascinating. So it was made but never released. But neither of these are acceptable. Okay. They've they've kept that under lock and key for 60 years, 50 years. Yeah. And uh, it's it's interesting that he wanted very badly to do that, but never found a way to express that really outside of of comedy like that's okay. the only movie where he really he gets yes. dark and stays dark and you know yeah. he also did that and then he i think he kind of disappeared i mean he he was kind of back with that in a way and then gone yeah that's that so, so so to get back on track so as you mentioned he is a very famous talk show host and you, he mentioned several famous people that are going to be on the show as their guests so you know this is like and, it, and they're look, perfectly chosen too because it's all uh, people like you know, Joyce Tony Brothers. Randall and, right. yeah, and then, uh, Dr. Joyce Brothers and right. like, yes. which is like, you are only going to know York. these names if you're, if you're Victor Borga, Victor, Victor Borga, Borga, Victor yeah, Borga, exactly. and who, right. who's in it. And so when they actually show these people, like as part of the thing, it's like real, like Tony Randall is really Tony Randall, you know, yeah. acting like Tony Randall. Right. And, and it's yeah, very good. Like they, he doesn't like, he doesn't because he had access to anybody. You know, in sure. Hollywood, like you could have put Redford in the movie if you wanted to, I'm sure. Right. Um, but he was very select in how he cast uh, because they all had he to was be of a, they're, TV they're, people. TV. These are very uh, mid-level but, famous people that yes, will not be real names this, to anybody today. Well, I know, but they're also very New York people. Yes. And also. we all know Tony Randall from The Odd Couple, and yep. he was a big New York opera But the thing about Scorsese, too, is... um. He loved. That's why he did uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Wonderful. What's his name? Uh, um, he was the comedian that made fun of everybody. Oh, oh, uh, uh, Rickles. 
he got Rickles to play in Casino because he yeah. felt like the more people were really from that time, or that mold, the more it's going to work. The yeah. more authentic it is. Yeah, absolutely. So it doesn't surprise me he picked all these people. Yeah. And DeCorba, DeCorba uh, mm. was the Johnny Carson producer. Right. He, and he was perfect. Yeah. And the other guys, that's it. We're going to sue. Who are you yeah. going to sue? Who are you going to sue? Suing like, everybody. I'm buddy. a lawyer. <laughs> that's it. We're going to sue. I have a great, I have a great uh, Rickles story for you, Eric, that I just think you'd, you'd really like. Uh, uh, he told this story apparently, and it was, it's apparently it's really true, and it happened, and it's hilarious. So he went to, he was in some, you know, restaurant in Vegas, and he was going to go, and he was there with his family, and he notices that Frank Sinatra is eating alone in the side, and he goes, oh, great. And so he goes to Frank and Sinatra, and he goes, hey, Frank, Frank, oh, my God, so good to see you. It's like, I'll tell you what, like, I'm sitting with my family over there, and we're having dinner. I mean, if you could do me a favor and come by and say hi and make me feel like a big shot for my family so they can notice that. He goes, sure, you know, Don, I'll, I'll, I'll do that for you. Fine. So he goes back and sits down and he's starting to eat. Frank Sinatra comes up and like, hey, Don, how's it going? He's like, please, Frank, I'm with my family here. Can you leave us alone? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's good. so good. So good. I lo- lo- and what's funny is that Rickles is like, and for all, all, all stories, all stories about Rickles, Rickles are like the opposite because Rickles' stage act is that he's an comical. asshole. Yeah. His, in his real life, he was apparently an incredibly good person and a real, real yeah. genuine person. Um, but you know, it was funny you mentioned also that come to, you know, that Jerry was not necessarily a very good person. I did notice that at one point there was a friend of mine who was a, a comedian and a comedy writer, uh, pretty, did fairly successful at that, but, he was always a bit of an asshole, right? And I started wondering, and then I realized that, you know, after talking to him, he really wasn't intending to be an asshole. It's just that he hung out with comedians all day long. Yeah. And they just make fun of each other constantly. It's so hideously competitive. Right. But they they make fun of each other. They're cruel to each other all the time. But they do that as part of their love for each other too. Like they do that to make fun of each other. And they're like, Eric makes fun of me or you make fun, but they take it to another level, but they also don't necessarily realize, Oh, I can't do that. This is not how normal people. Right. This is, and you're not a part, you know, I got, they forget that I'm not a comedian that they can just rip one about my, you know, baldness or whatever, you know, like constantly. Although I don't care about that, but anyway, it was interesting. Anyway, go back. We're still at the first scene. What this guy said was his, reasoning for why Jerry, he told me, was that he was famous since he was 18 years old, and he doesn't know real life. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Can you imagine, uh, what's his name, um, uh, 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 Daniel Radcliffe? Like, his oh, yeah. life... His whole life has been famous. His, he was raised by the crew. Yep. And apparently, by I mean, wolves? he's... If, by the crew, the crew oh. of the films, like because yeah, he was all working Harry, on Harry yeah. Potter for Harry Potter like all of his childhood. Yeah, since he was ten, you know, and uh, and like and and the thing is, like if you're being if you're auditioning for Harry Potter movies, like it's not like your life changes at ten. Your life has already changed. Like you have parents that are pushing, pushing you quite hard to be an actor if you're auditioning. Well, for major that's interesting that you mentioned his parents because apparently this was something that was very. Uh, his parents were not. Like the Macaulay Culkin type parents. Oh, okay, good. Right. Yeah. So, so apparently his parents were very like, okay, if we're going to do this, we're going to, we're going to find a way to, and he 
tributes his because apparently Daniel Radcliffe is a very nice person. Nice guy. Everyone's yeah. And yeah. and and apparently he says I that is mainly due to my parents making sure that I didn't get to my head, that I didn't do that kind of stuff. So I think that was kind of an important part of it. Anyway, so going back to it. So he is uh, a bunch, as people are trying to leave the studio after a recording, there's a shit ton of people outside, crowds of people trying to get autographs from celebrities, right? Which actually is funny because it relates to Tootsie when we'll talk about that on Monday. Uh, but, uh, but there's crowds of people trying to get uh, signatures uh, from him and huge, huge crowds, right? But you notice that De Niro's character shows up a, a little early and he's right there where he needs to be. So he is, he's rehearsed. It's like Navy SEAL type. Like I know exactly yeah. where I need to be. He's been through this a thousand times. A thousand times, exactly right? How to jockey ahead. All these people are talking to each other. Each other? Yeah. Like they're all like, you know, just like they know each other's names, all these right. autograph hounds. And it's a right. real weird little cult. And then he says something to like, which is interesting in the context of the movie. He's like, this may be important to you, but it's not important to me. You know, he does yeah. this whole thing. Like I'm, I know what I'm doing. And that's like, Okay. Yeah. All sure. right. Sure. Exactly. So, um, so anyway, so that's sort of happens. And then there's a huge crowd of people. They have this security guards that, you know, part the, part the crowd as they're trying to get through. He only signs like five autographs or whatever. Right. Because there's only so many he can do before he gets to his car to try to go home. That's the thing. Like he's trying to have a life and he's completely hounded by these people. And it's just really tough. Right. And he, he uh, finally gets to the car, right? And uh, he gets in the car, closes the door, and turns out there, there's a woman who snuck into the car, and she just attacks him in Sandra the car. Bernard. Yeah, Sandra and attacks him not to kill him, but just to you know own him and adore him. What? To worship him? <laughs> to, exactly. to whatever she infatuated with him, right? And so he. Like, uh, she, she goes crazy. She bites him and, and he gets out of the car and there's this great scene. They close the door. So he's out of the car. He's with the security guards. He closes this the door. Shot. This and, and it's going, da, 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 you know, all the crazy flashes going, her hand goes up on the glass yeah. right as a flash goes off where you can see everything. And then it hurts her silhouette like this, yeah. the Nero like this, her hand like this. And they just freeze frame on that one frame. This is one of the best photographs in all of film. It's, it's great. So meaningful yeah. and so it's perfect. It's great. And then this title, The King of Comedy, comes up. And then yeah. the, basically it's the opening credits to the film. Right. And it is. She is it's, trapped inside yeah. a limousine. And everybody outside it wants to. Everyone outside wants to be in the limousine. And everybody inside the limousine wants to get out of the limousine. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what is happening in that yeah. shot. And like it's just these desperate hands up against the glass, right? It's, it's incredible. That's like that's as iconic to me as uh, you know the flo the body floating in the water in Sunset Boulevard. We just go right. That yeah. is the whole movie in a nutshell. Just perfect. Just right. Perfect. Right. 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 So then De Niro, or like when I'm sorry, I'm just going to reference another movie, like Gene Hackman in Domino Principle, where they freeze on him running. Oh, it's incredible. And then you think the movie's over and they're like, oh, no, we, are, we still have to do no. eight more minutes. Yeah. Because we, we are contractually yeah, obligated. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> we still have 17 more shots up and down that driveway that we need to oh, do. Oh, my God. So good. Please. I, lo I love So for those of you who are new to this, Domino Principle is a film that we did at the watch party that Eric recommended. Uh, watch parties are usually shitty movies. This is a 
perfect shitty movie that we watched with Gene highly Hack- entertaining ben. highly entertaining gene hackman and uh uh uh, uh what's her name? candy bergen uh and uh mickey rooney mickey rooney. and it is the most confusing it's just, sci-fi it's mystery like written spy on the film. day like there's so we're still what filming the hell is going before breakfast it's around yeah. around breakfast time oh my yeah. god that the, the, the shooting the paint cans into the water i don't know what the hell i don't going know on. what the hell is going on that thing is just incredible it's just incredible gene hackman in a bathrobe for half an hour why not let's do this that's yeah. sexy though that's <laughs> but yes yeah so like uh uh the with kim comedy the 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 subject of the movie that they're introducing here is essentially not just fame but fandom fandom, fandom. Yeah. and the and the what what are we searching for in this like what is it we want from projecting ourselves onto others so constantly and so 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 radically that we when we and all these people think they're being entirely reasonable like all of them every, every one of these fucking crazy people that are mobbing this dude who they don't know and they're 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 doing it like they're going to tear him apart and they will they would you know and they don't and like they don't they wouldn't even know what to do if they got him like what do you want from this guy no you right know? completely at loss for words yes. yep yeah um so you were continuing the breakdown chris right uh so uh basically he uh As he, he gets out of the car, at this point now you're outside of the car, at which point De Niro steps in and says, hold on, I'll help you, let's save you. And then some, he acts like a security guard. He acts like a security guard. People are still mobbing him. Someone bites him, <laughs> right? Bites De Niro, by the way. De Niro gets the door open. They get the girl out, Thunder Bernhardt out, and then they shove Jerry in, and then De Niro sits next to him in yeah, the cab. He, in, like, he sneaks he in. Jerry, and gets, just give me a ride for a little bit, and all that. Like, and, and the guy says, "Get the hell out!" He's like, "I think you owe me." And he shows him like the the, the 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 blood on from the bite mark, right? Right, right? At which point, Jerry gives him a napkin to wipe the blood, right? Which and he then, uses throughout the rest of the movie. Yes, yes. To that's say, the, I know Jerry. I know Jerry. I know Jerry. My blood's yeah. on his napkin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, he uh, he says, just give me a, a ride, you know, so that I can, you know, I just need to talk to he you. Wants to, he just wants a chance on Jerry's show to do his stand-up. I need to a shot, stand-up. Jerry. Jerry. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> And so that's what he wants to do, right? And he's like, well, we don't do that. You got to stay. Where are you starting? He's like, I'm at the bottom. It's like, good. That's a good place to start. Start. And he can- <laughs> right? So he does this whole thing about that. And it's just kind of funny, like, to think about, like, oh, what's going on? Right? And, and so and Nero is, is manic. Like, yes, he is also weird. He's also the at the corners. But he's rehearsed also. Mm-hmm. Like, he's... And that's the thing, a good, a good way, like, De Niro does a good job at this, by the way. Oh, because he's basically, like, two best roles in my opinion. He basically is like, I've rehearsed this a million times. And you can tell, like, I've done it. And so calm he does, down, calm down, down yeah. Down. And then he just keeps telling and just doing this. And he's like, by the okay. way, just to keep this in mind, some of the stuff, this is New York 1982. Two years prior, 
John Lennon was assassinated at Dakota, the yeah, Upper West Side. So this a, is like an equal nut job. Yeah, this yeah. is like totally in the vein of people's worries yeah. uh, across the board. And so, like, this is a, this is a in the context of that, it 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 probably felt hugely inappropriate to shoot it as kind of a light comedy. Yes. And uh, that was the ballsy thing. And that's the and it remains the ballsy thing because, like I said, like this movie is it's shot as if you're shooting something like I don't know, like Tootsie. Like it's shot, it's very it's very well it's lit. It's like it's very it's very a very positive vibe to everything and uh, and to the cutting and the performances are consistently you know hitting a, a a caricature mark that makes you feel like this is accessible comedy. But what's happening is fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like everything is so cringeworthy and so right. awful. It's very cringy. So yes. the the ride itself is very cringy, but mm-hmm. just you wait to see how much more cringe you can get it, into this it's, movie. It's infinite cringe. This movie yeah. is infinite cringe. This movie is if you're if to, to reference Taxi Driver again. The scene when De Niro takes Sybil Shepherd to the porn theater. Yes. Right? Like is fall that awkwardness. Like, like that's like the from the like the uh he takes her to a porn theater, she's like, This is not my bag. He calls her back to try to apologize, get another date, right? He's on the phone with Sybil Shepherd saying, I don't know, did you get the flowers I sent? And it's so fucking embarrassing that he's making this call that the camera itself can't watch anymore and slides off of De Niro to go look down an empty hallway until the conversation is over, and then goes back over to De Niro after he hangs up. The entirety of King of Comedy is that joke. <laughs> but not moving the camera. Without yeah. moving the camera. <laughs> yeah, without moving the camera. I was going to say, like, there's 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 movies out there that, that, that really, you know, latched on to cringe like swingers is a good one like the sure. latches onto swing it's sure. a cringe like the, the, the message machine the message machine yeah one of the that's... great comic routines of all time but like right. the i think what's with, with <laughs> don't ever call me here again. yeah don't ever oh, call hi. me again <laughs> were you listening the whole time or did you just pick up the, like with, with with any popular cringe comedy the the basis of cringe is that and why it works is that you care for the person who is being embarrassed right and like you're just right. like John John Favreau. You're just like I know exactly how embarrassed you you identify with him, right. right? But there's no one to identify with in King of Comedy. Like it's like if you identify with, I mean, the thing is you can identify. There, there is, can identify. With there is him, there is a little horrifying. bit. Yeah, okay, like, so there is a little bit you can identify with, with yeah. right? There, I'm sure a lot of us, any one of us, has had a celebrity that they've really admired. One hundred percent, right? And then you've had fantasies of hanging out with that celebrity in some ways or having conversations with that celebrity, right? That is what this is, but it's taken way too far. Yeah. Like it's, right? this is all inappropriate, totally crossing the line. Right. You're not even taking into consideration the other person's right. point of view in the slightest. And it's all about you getting to assault them with yourself. Right. Yeah. Like it's, and the thing is like, that, that's what I mean. It's like, Everyone can actually identify with this, but right. with the thing with King of Comedy is like it makes you identify with this and makes you go, "I fucking hate myself like this." Like to see it from the outside is is the worst, right. and like it's no it's no fun at all. It's not like oh poor John Favreau, I know how he feels. He really is a good guy, but nobody understands. Like what I fear really is that me and everybody else online is Rupert Pupkin. Well, he's not self aware then, right? Exactly. Because- 
like he's not like fully aware of he's just consistently barging through to the end mm-hmm. and it really doesn't give up. Yes. Yeah. I think I think Even that in the house when he, he invades Jerry's house, it's like just doesn't stop. And when I, when I see like, uh, you know, things that I've been a part of, you know, like when I see like weird rantings online about, you know, whoever, you know, what pick your, pick your movie star or famous person or whatever it is. Like, it seems like a, the feed of all these opinions and people saying stuff and sniping at each other is just the crowd outside of the Jerry Langford show. Like we're just shredding each other over someone we don't know to align ourselves and project ourselves outward constantly to because right. because there because we have no identity or we, we're just using this person's star power positive or negative to define ourselves and then if we don't if we don't have that we'll define ourselves against everybody else i'm the important one i rupert pupkin with like i don't know this is this is not my life this is this is important to you it's not important to me you know, and it's it's a fucking it's a horrifying thing to admit, and the entire movie just forces you to connect with that, and it's ugly, and it's really unpleasant. It's one hundred percent unpleasant. The movie is wall to wall unpleasant, and it's not and it's not funny, and it does this on purpose, which is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, Okay, so so basically, what happens after this is, um, where was I? Uh, he 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 talks to Jerry, keeps on talking to him. Jerry gets to his apartment, and De Niro apartment. keeps on pushing and pushing and pushing, pushing, pushing. but pushing, to, but just like, uh, let me show you a picture of my love and uh, my pride and joy, and he has a little card that has a picture of uh, uh, pride and joy uh, dishwashing so, soap. dishwashing soap. And it's just, and he's like, yeah, it's oh, funny. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah let's good. keep it. It's, yeah, you have it's yours, you know? And so, but he keeps, like, it, it seems like the conversation's over. And then he just goes one more. Pushes, going. One yes. more. Like, one yeah. more. Just a little, like, it's and great. The obsessiveness thing. comes out, really, you notice this now. And then the obsessiveness starts to come once he goes and shows up at the office. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And the thing is, like, you can, like, the next, in fact, like, the next cut away from this scene is... He is because he's just like Jerry. Let's have lunch. I mean, I don't have any money right now, but I'll be like, if you just did, you know, like, let's get together and have lunch wherever you want. And then it cuts to lunch with Jerry, right? And so here's De Niro. I'm and, asking you. I'm asking you. I'm pleading with you. And Jerry's just six weeks. Him. I can't give you six weeks, Jerry. Please, please take over the show for six weeks, says Jerry Langford. Langford, and like the whole thing is shot entirely realistically. It doesn't tell you that this isn't real. All like right. it's, it looks at like it almost feels like it's cutting forward six months. It's his months, fantasy, yeah. but it turns out that this is his fantasy, and so and it starts intercutting with it. The actuality is that he's literally living in his mother's basement, and his mother keeps on calling down to him, like, "Why are you yelling so late at night? Get to sleep. You know You're keeping everybody." I bet it's Scorsese's mother. Yeah, yeah, it had to be. <laughs> I, knew, I knew that voice anywhere. Anyone who's watched Goodfellas knows that woman's voice. But she's, uh, but she's terrific. And you only disembodied voice going like, what's wrong with you? And, and his just... father was in it. Oh, is he? That's yeah, great. Yeah, his father, I think, is the guy at the bar when he gets arrested at the end. He's like, that's the guy on television. Oh, oh right. Television like... just now, that's the guy. Yeah. <laughs> so good. I love it. I love it. But yeah, like his fantasy life is so intercut with 
his reality that you it's it's hard to tell what's happening in the movie sometimes. Right. Right. But he does just before he leaves Jerry, the guy Jerry does says like I'll tell you what, get in touch with my secretary. Here's her name. Uh call the office and we'll set something up for you. Meaning to see let's see you for interview for the show. And that's like okay, so he's all he's all set but he yet he know he keeps pushing, keeps pushing. And yes, and he gets this whole fantasy about him and Jerry like where they're like best friends and Jerry is at his mercy, which is a thing that I think he yes. wants, you know, yes. like he's over him. Like he's better. Like, ah, uh, sure. Yeah, he is like, Jerry has come to him for, for help and help. And like, and just, Oh, I can't, I can't. The I pressure, can't the, pressure. Really the pressure, the pressure is oh, immense. And I really I love pointed out how fucking great, like the greatness of Daenerys performance in this movie is really visible in these sequences because when he is, uh, in the scene with Jerry, when he's in the fantasy with Jerry, De Niro's actually, he's very in control of himself. He, he seems like a very confident person in those scenes, right? It's like, Jerry, no, I can't. I mean, that's, that's not even possible. Like, he's, he sounds very realistic. It sounds like a realistic conversation. Right. But then it cuts out to the reality of his, of him fantasizing. And it's and a he, way more And he's just like, oh, no, I couldn't possibly know six weeks of my life. Right. Yeah. And you're just All like, right, I'll Holy do it. Shit, this dude is so divorced from reality. Right. Yeah. Like he can't. And then even when you see himself. his basement, yeah. it's even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's all decked out to look like a, a Chris has a garage a like show. that, but it's just our podcast. That's <laughs> right. We yeah, aren't actually cut out of you. Of you guys. He's got I a cut out of Liza Minnelli and he's got a cut out of uh, 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 Jerry. And he sits between them. And constantly touches their faces, talking with them all the time. Fantastic. Man, it's fantastic. Just, it's, it's, it's just so strange yeah. and disturbing. And for me at that, when I was 16 and I saw, I was like, this was, these, it was just like a horror film. Yep. Horror films don't really scare me as much. There's a couple. The Vanishing is one that scares the mm -hmm. shit out of me. Yeah. Um, repeatedly. But this thing where it's based in reality, but underneath is this, insanity or this it's it's so unsettling the situations he's it in. gets yep. sorry for it him, gets borderline it gets borderline uh 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 what's the what's the one i'm thinking of um <sighs> stephen king one yeah it's like misery misery yeah a little bit like very, very much like misery and like like and like misery is like like you still have someone to sympathize with in misery. Like James, Con you feel bad for James Con, and right. you sort of feel bad for Annie um, uh, Wilk Wilkes. I can't remember the character's name, but anyway, the right. the woman who's taken him um, hostage. Like you can see that she's had a sort of a messed up life, right? Right. Um, but in this, it's like you. It's like you feel weird feeling any connection to. to I mean, you definitely do feel a connection to De Niro, which is upsetting. But you can't feel a connection to Jerry Lewis because he's a fucking jerk. Like, there's nobody to like. I don't positively know. feel for the. In this he's movie. not necessarily a jerk. I actually do feel sympathy for him because sure. I, yes, well, he's very wealthy. In comparison, yeah, like he's very wealthy and he's kind of an asshole. But he's an asshole. Like you can you can you know see why, why he's an asshole. You can a hundred percent see. Why. It's like <laughs> yes. of course he's an asshole, right? He's like, and, and it, let's go back to that. Else. Let's go back because we mentioned it briefly, but let's go into the description. He's walking the streets of New York because you know you walk on the streets of New York a lot in New York. You can't all of a sudden get around. Hey, and he's trying to get, And people, this woman stops him. It's like, oh my god, it's Jerry, and she's on a payphone, and she's like, uh, "Can you sign this for me?" And she 
she he, I was like, sure. And he signs like autograph something. And then he, and she goes, my son is on the phone. He's very sick. Can you say something? Say something to him. Say something to him. And she says, I can't. I'm busy. She goes, you should get cancer. Instantly. It, like, like she that. turns it around like, right. I love you to, I'm sorry I don't have time means fuck you. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And that, that is your That's life. A true that is story. I know it's a true story. That is exactly what social media is now. Hmm? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That is this Twitter. Is the- this is the, Except this they is the did it to your face back then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like this is the murderous part of the, of this whole thing. It's just like everybody involved is is uh, is is in a what's the, it's is in a codependent relationship with everybody else. Right. Like and yeah. without the other person even knowing that they exist. I I have like, a you, you owe me tremendously somehow. Right. right. You owe me a, fame. You owe me success. You owe me something. I have a story for you guys. Like, so, so specifically along those lines, uh, uh, one of the guys who I, I know, uh, was, is Wayne Knight, right? And Wayne is very recognizable. If you don't know who Wayne Knight is, he's Newman from, uh, from, yeah, he's uh, one of the most uh, recognizable Seinfeld and, time, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's, didn't you see him? You know who it is, right? Yep. And so when they go to the airport, like him and his wife, and, and they're, they're very sweet. Both of them are very sweet. When they go to the airport and then he gets accosted by people because they recognize yeah. him. And people – airports are really bad because in L.A. people just kind of leave you alone a lot because you've recognized people anyway. Yeah. And yeah, they, they do that. But at airports tend to have a lot of people from out of town who don't know that. And there's like, let me get your autograph or right. let me get – now it's all selfies, right? And so uh, what his wife does is she pretends to be an assistant. <laughs> that's funny <laughs> right and so she goes i'm sorry mr knight but uh we have to go there's someone and then at which point he says oh, i'm so sorry i got i, I yeah, gotta go yeah, i don't want to and so she the becomes thing. the bad person but they yeah. don't know who she is right, right? so they can they can put off a lot of their their anger at her at her so it's not like he's like i'm sorry i gotta go it's like, Fuck <laughs> exactly. you. come on you don't have time for one selfie no it's like you see i would but this person of course, told me of course but of this person's that's his only way to get away because otherwise it would not stop. He would be like, because I mean, that dude, I mean, like, it's not like he's Robert Redford, but it's like he, yeah. he, he has played yeah. so many iconic characters. Like yeah. anybody is going to recognize this guy. Anybody like yeah. more than Robert Redford. Yep. You know? yeah, that's true. And then, so like, he must get, he must get hammered all the time by people coming up from like, just relentlessly. Oh, he's so funny though. God, yeah. he's funny. No, he's, he seems like a nice guy from what I know, but I mean, like he has fascinating back. You know, he was a private investigator. No kidding. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. That's incredible. <laughs> that's super nice. Yeah. That's super yeah. Fun. He's really, he tells stories. I was like, Holy, you know, I was like, I was like, yeah, you know, mostly yeah. check it on spouses and yeah, insurance the rain, fraud rain and yeah, exactly. <laughs> stuff like that. But yeah, no, that, that kind of stuff is like, the people don't like, uh, I, I think the, the most disturbing part and then the most, like, as you pointed out, like the most, uh, Twittery thing about this movie, right. Is that I'm, I'm constantly shocked on Twitter, like just all the time. I it just, it never, it never ceases to amaze me how much people assume that other people owe them. Like it's just nonstop. And it's just, it's so ugly all the time. And this movie is just like, okay, so if you, if you, if it's not just text and you saw people act like this, you'd be horrified. Like, this is no way, way to treat anybody ever. Can you imagine if you're like Jimmy Fallon, who's fairly active on Twitter? Mm-hmm. I'm just sure. using him as an example. It's the first one that came to mind, but he's fairly active on Twitter. Can you imagine how many like ats or DMs he gets in a day? Thousands, thousands and yeah. thousands. 
thousands and thousands. I mean, like, I mean, he's you know, like, they're, you know, he's rich and he has a great life and all this stuff. But but how are you like, going to reply to that? Right, you can't. Like, you just simply can't. And the thing is, like, this is the this is the problem. They call it, you know, like the way it's talked about now is a parasocial relationship where it's a one sided but deeply emotional relationship with a, right. uh, a famous figure. And I'm like, for the way that I think about it is like, that's not a relationship at all. There's no, you shouldn't even use the word relationship with that. That is a projection. Right. Like that's simply, it's simply a fantasy. You don't actually know this person in the slightest. And right. so like having any part of like, uh, assuming that they have like any part of your life or that, that they owe you any part of their life is as rude as if you just walked up to, to someone on the street and started screaming at them. Like, this has nothing to do with you. This yeah. is entirely that, about your this, own self-consciousness. I hear this from a lot of celebrities. Like that whole scene of like, you should get cancer. Like yeah. that happens constantly. Yeah. People. Yeah. Do you still there? You freeze. You Am froze. I back? There. I think you're back, back now. Uh, that was Usually, weird. Yeah. Yeah. You go I was scared. Okay. I was so scared. Uh, okay. Can you hear me? Now? So, I mean, I just, you know, here are stories of people like, having like hey come on i'm having dinner with my family like just like the other one right right and it was like fuck you you know like immediately from yeah. like i love you in such and such films yeah. like hey man, you i'm having dinner with my them. family <laughs> and it's like fuck you you think you're so special and i was like right. what's wrong with you yeah and and it's like this is the this has become a natural order of discourse across all the stages of the internet like Facebook, whatever it is, and then like because we like uh, uh, like whether or not someone's famous, this is how we treat people. You know, like it's like right. we just we just we just automatically assume that since you have posted something that gives me permission to assault you. Well, and, there's also like, the other thing. It's, it's also silly. very black and white, right? Mm -hmm. You're no one is taking the time to know someone or try to understand them or to listen to them. It has nothing to do with the other person at all. That's why, right? Right. Right. So if that person says something that disrupts your thing, fuck you. Right. Yeah. And we had this conversation. We you know I hate to say it, but we had this conversation about AI. You go on social media and you have trying to have a conversation about AI art with someone. Oh, it's who is not possible. It's yeah. impossible because it's if possible. you say anything, right. anything yeah, it's just, that it's would just, imply it's like, like, hey, maybe we should have a conversation about this. Like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's I mean, this is the and the, because, you know, and like. You should get cancer. Yeah, like this is the this is the thing, right? It's like I can I can uh, movies like this make me understand what the mechanism that happens when I make these kinds of mistakes. Sure, because everyone has been Rupert Pupkin at some point in their life, right? And that's why this is a a very off putting movie. Uh, like you know, really? like ev well, like everyone, some of, some of us have been made, Jerry. <laughs> yes, like some of us have been Jerry. But <laughs> so, you know, some part and some negative part of this relationship, uh, like I can take ownership of, you know, virtually any scene in this movie. I'm like, I have acted like this or I have done something like this. Do you like have this. a pumpkin moment? I have a total pumpkin moment. Absolutely. Man, many times. Many I have, times. I have, a, I have a big one. What, yeah. Who, who, who was it with? Well, working. I wasn't of I wasn't of mind. It wasn't a, but I with a, somebody I went to we went away to high school together and we were on a break, nineteen eighty five, and he got tickets to see uh, what became a live album, which was uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan at Carnegie Hall, and he had a box overlooking you know like this, the opera box at Carnegie Hall, so it was like third floor overlooking the stage. I was completely, completely drunk, out of my mind. I was like, I got to go get a drink. 
So I go to the bar on the third floor, and it's no one's there. Everyone's watching because he's playing. And I order another drink, and of course, that time they just served you, no matter if you were, you know, young. Right. And um, he's pouring me a drink, and I look to my right, and it's Paul Simon. So this is '85, where he's huge. Yeah, I'm like, right. okay, that's it. I'm going to buy you a drink, Paul. He's like, no, it's okay. He's a tiny guy. But yeah. Paul, that's it. I'm buying you a drink. I'm Paul. I'm going to buy you a drink. Uh-huh. Bartender, get him. A drink. This is unbelievable. Do you like the show? Let me buy you a drink. I'm grabbing him by his jacket. Oh I God! And yeah. I just remember the bartender looking and stops pouring. <laughs> yeah, like, and, is this and a the scene? guy I was with, the guy I was with, Charlie. All I remember is like Eric. He, he apparently he wanted a drink too, so he followed. Like Eric, let go of Paul Simon. <laughs> exactly. I was like, oh, I'm exactly. So, and his whole blue breath, his blue sports coat was. Oh, it's okay, man. It's cool. Yeah, can you? Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, this is I like, literally was grabbing him and walking down the yeah. bar and dragging him. Yeah, uh, and then like, and you do, and like people. I mean, I've certainly done this. Like, you don't even have to be talking to. Me. Yeah, it's like you don't even have to be talking to a famous person to just abuse the moment of their graciousness. Is yeah. nobody around because you can hear the music, but on the third floor of Carnegie Hall, right. they have just the bar at the center, you know, and then it's beautiful carpet and you had your own boxes. It was right. private. Right. And then nobody was there. I can hear the crowds going and music. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to, oh my God, Paul. And I just, so yeah, if you exactly. listen to the, they made a live album and I think it was during Voodoo Child. So right around, if you listen to the album. Right. <laughs> And you hear that, it's like, uh, that's where Eric Acosta pulls him. That's where Eric Acosta pulls him. It was relatively cool. Yeah. The bartender was freaked out. Sure. I had, sure. A, I had, a, I had a moment, not quite uh, as assaulting as that, but I did. I was drunk. We, I just we, uh, well, it's, I, I think it's all fine. I think it, admitting your pumpkin, pumpkin moment is someone, something that everyone can yeah, do. It's so fine. Don't feel it's bad. fine. It's I fine. Was, was, uh, we, were, we went to go see, uh, we were in Houston, and we went to go see uh, a show in a theater with the kids in the hall. Oh yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Right. right. And so then we, then after the show, we went to our, one of our favorite little dive bars, which is an old, old, old bar in Houston. Old is relative because, you know, that means 1930 something, but, sure. uh, but it was an old bar, uh, in Houston. And we went to, to go have a martini there. And then we were talking about how great the show was. And then who walks in, but Scott Thompson and oh, a man. couple yeah, other people. Right. right? God. And I was like, oh my God. And they're at our, our bar, right? Like we go there all the time. That's, that's why I proposed to Karen, right? And so, (laughs) and so all of a sudden I was like, I got to go up to him and say thanks. You know, like, so, so I just like, I'm like, what am I? And he goes, and he's just like, dude, I just want to have a trick of my own. I just got off the show. I don't actually want to do a shtick and I want to talk to anyone. I wasn't here. And then, and I was like, oh my God. It was like, it was so cool. No, and then so he said, oh, thanks. He said, all he did, he was very quiet. It's like, thanks, thanks. And then he just didn't look. And then all we noticed is like, he was there. There's three other people there with him that came in with him. They're, they were all talking to each other, but he just was not talking to anyone and just staring and looking at people the whole time. Yeah. And I wonder, it's like, that's interesting. And I wonder, yeah. it's like, is he just here looking and observing people and seeing how people behave and that's what he's doing or is he sure. just tired or who knows? It's just what, I mean, like, well, it's like I saw, um, uh, what, what's his name? Uh, uh, shoot. He, he has the movie Stutz out right now on Netflix. Um, 
Jonah Hill. Uh, like oh, saw, Jonah Hill. Yeah. Oh, I, saw, yeah. I saw Jonah Hill at that the Dresden uh, bar in Los Feliz one time. Oh, yeah. And he was there with them. Speaking of, uh, what's it called? The movie? Um... Uh, Swingers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and and he was like, and he like, you know, and he, and he basically talks about this stuff in his movie. But it's just like he was at a point in his life where like the uh, the attra- the attention and the fame was really, really getting to him quite seriously. And he was like holding up like a book over his face the entire conversation he was having with his friend because so many people were fucking just looking at him right and uh like you know hey he's he's successful you know this is what comes with the territory and all that stuff but at the same time i was just like i felt it actually not, yeah. it's not it, no it's not good well, let's no, just, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it's good. I'm, I'm saying it's. I'm saying it's. It's awkward and uncomfortable. And right. People are making make assumptions that they just freely get to do this. Right. But it's certainly something that is understandable that people that if, if you become a movie star, it's part of what you know happens. I understand. Right. I, okay. Let me tell you. We have to get back to this story, but I want to tell one more story about this. And Eric Please. and I, we, uh, Eric and I both worked at Sony around the same time. And you remember back at that time, Eric, we had to take obviously our. Our, our orientation thing, but then we had to do the quote unquote corporate day where we had to go and spend a whole day to learn about the Sony culture and the Sony this yeah. and that. Remember that? And so you're sitting there in a theater and they're talking about like, you know, all the different things about Sony. Like the first thing we ever made at Sony was a rice maker, you know, like something like that, right? right? Whatever it was back in 19, blah, blah, blah. Uh, probably the one that they used in, uh, in the mood uh, for love. In the mood. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, anyway. Uh, so after, but after, um, I did that, you know, you talked about the th- things that we were on the Sony lot in the, one of the theaters on the Sony lot. Uh, and so they started talking to us and then they said that one of the rules is you don't approach talent. Right. Sure. And right. the first thing you think of is like, who the fuck is thinks they're so special? You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause can you fucking imagine what that would be like? No, I understand. I understand. But after what at that moment when I, you know, I was young and I was just starting and I was not, I've only been in the film industry for, you know, a, a few Four years. years. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Whatever, you know, so special. And then it's like, no, you just like, can you yeah. imagine? Because the whole point, like when you're on a, on a studio lot, like Sony or whatever, that's a safe place saves down right you yeah. are you can you no one no one's gonna harass you you're doing your job you can right. do whatever you want to do you walk around like it's like walk around is like a little town it right? is like a little town you know yeah. and it's got like a little place to hang out a little it's star used to be the mgm lot yeah. yeah yeah and uh and 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 people should have the right to not be fucked with all the time at work absolutely you know? right but i do remember right after that and then we, after we had that conversation, then we were being given a, a, a tour of the studio. So we had like a private, like all the new people, whatever, had a private tour of the studio, right? Where we got to walk around and the, and the person gave us like, here's the history of this building. And this is where they shot Gone with the Wind. And this, you know, all that, that stuff, right? And so as we're doing that, Adam Sandler walks by. That's you know, right. 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 Were you with me on that one? You remember that? Uh, no, I you think told so, me I remember right. seeing Adam Sandler there. Yeah. yeah. But he walks by and he's like, ah, you must be the new guys. What do you guys do? And he said, oh, we, um, we work in the visual effects part of things. It's like, oh, great. I'm doing some thing called click so I could use you guys or whatever. <laughs> but it was nice. super nice, right? So he approached us. And so suddenly yeah, we were fine. able to have a conversation with him. But – He's that opening was, that door. That makes sense. He opened okay. that door, yeah. but it was that was a nice thing to do, right? And so, 
he knew it was like, you know, hey, look, he knew that we were not on the the normal celebrity tour thing, right? Sure. Like, or right. the tourist tour. We were on the the working tour. Yeah. So like, yeah, it was a nice. We're all working together. This yeah. is the way it is. Sorry. It was kind of interesting, but just the idea of approaching. Anyway, this is, let's just put it this way. That is a big part of this movie is about yeah, this how is to approach celebrity, right? Yeah. And like, how like, do you, how do you have that relationship with them? How do you think about and, them? And like how people in the movie, like regardless of the celebrity force, right? Like regardless of, um, like what the, what the, the most revealing thing in the movie to me really isn't just the, their relationship to Jerry or non-relationship to Jerry, mm-hmm. uh, uh, De Niro and Bernhard. It's their relationship to each other right. because this is actually what we experience all the time and every, right. every day, you know, and how cruel they are to each other constantly in absence of the thing that they use to define themselves. Like it's like they're, they're treating uh, Jerry's attention as some sort of like, you know, thing that like cats fighting over food, right? you know? And so like it demeans like the relationship, um, this parasocial relationship it means literally everybody involved like sure. because it is not a real relationship with jerry uh and because of their desperateness to have it with jerry they're not treating each other with respect or love either like right. everyone is being uh abusive to one another wholesale all the time in the right. film you know <laughs> and it's, and it's it, a, that that kind of cruelty is like you don't have to have talk about famous people to see that all the time right so one thing that I w- we should note is at some point we see that Sandra Bernhardt and uh, uh, De Niro n- know each other, uh, obviously because of the whole thing. And it almost seems like they planned, they s- coordinated this whole thing to work. Right. So yeah, like, he would at, at very least, the- like they have a deeper history than either of them want to let on. It's right. true. You know, like it sounds like if you, like you, if you build the story of what they say, like it sounds like uh she's been working shit jobs he she allowed him to maybe sleep at her house for a while she's also it. rich yeah, she comes from a rich family so right yeah exactly like maybe a rich family and like she's like buying him food and stuff cuz he was so fucking flat broke he is lying about having to pay rent cuz he lives with his mom you know right. like so you get a good sketch of what their their actual lives are you right. know uh just by listening to how they assault each other uh, but they also can't uh, be with be be without one another because that's proving the other one is lesser than them is actually the gain that they're looking for. Right. You know, it's not about meeting Jerry. It's about being above uh, everyone else. You know, right. like uh, like it's Scorsese said in, in an interview that I saw. He's just like, yeah, you know, like this guy doesn't doesn't love Jerry at all. Like he wants to destroy jerry he wants to take his place you know he wants to get there without the work you yeah know? he wants to get there without the work and like this is, this is the like he resents jerry for his success and it's being projected as love uh and that's the in- incredible cruelty of the movie is because when people are coming at each other with complete false politeness uh when they what they really want to do is hurt you to well, prove over and over and over again in this film, they, they they very, very, like, way nicer than you should be. Tell them, here's what you have to do to succeed. Yeah, here's the very simple thing you need to do. You need to do to succeed. And they right. give him all these hints. They even give him positive feedback for his work and everything. And he's still like, that's not good enough. I want to succeed tomorrow. 
Yeah, I yeah, want. I, I want to be on the show, show tomorrow. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and so they, like, and they, and it has nothing to do. We'll get, we'll get to it. I'll, I'll hold my thought I just had in, until we get to the scene. Okay, but yes, go, go on. So the next, uh, uh, I'm not going to get this quite in order, but it'll be roughly in order. But we do notice he goes to a bar, and he meets this very attractive uh, woman behind a bar. He used to go to high school with. He used to go to high school with. Is in, completely enamored by her, uh, and and he, he tells his what, wife in real life. Oh, yeah, really? That's amazing. That's amazing. He wants to impress her mm-hmm. with how many people he knows and how, all these things, and he talks about that. So he he's talking about how he's good friends with Jerry, even though they literally just met for five minutes in his car, and yeah, that's it. No relationship at all. There's no relationship exactly. at all. But to him, now that he's got his napkin or his uh, his handkerchief, and and you know a phone number like he knows him and everything yeah right? like he's going to to blow him off like Jerry's like talk to my agent you know right. and you know we'll see where it goes I mean right. that's just to fucking get him out of his hair right and, and then the other thing now because I have another scene that we should mention after that whole scene he goes to his apartment Jerry goes to his apartment and his phone rings and Sandra Bernhardt starts screaming at him on the phone. He's like, how the fuck did you get this number? And then he just like hangs up and h- puts the phone off the hook, which is that was the solution back in those days. Yeah, keep it off the cradle. Yeah, keep exactly. it off the cradle. And then so it's like, that's just a horrible life, man. Yeah. It's, I mean, he's living because you don't see, like you said, like you don't see any other aspect of no, no family. And even like the. You don't even see the mother. Right. No, nothing. Like there's nothing. There's only right. his, uh, his, uh, you know, house. Uh, workers and servants and whatnot. Right. And, and even like they, like, you know, they cast them to be, you know, these, uh, the, this, uh, Asian, old Asian guy and, uh, and, uh, another woman who, who are made very, uh, culturally separate from him in a way that he doesn't abuse, but he likes the distance, you right. know? And, and so he is both keeping himself separate from everybody and is obviously depressed that he's separate from everybody. You know, and so like it's a, it's very like I'm, I'll, I'll have these people here, and I'll, you know, because I'm an, you know, I'm from a generation which views these people as lesser. I don't even worry about con- communicating with them really. Just go sure. and lock the door. Go and do this. Tell me I'm wonderful and get the fuck out. Right. You know, and that's basically his relationship with literally anybody in the movie. And then he has to put up with some fans on the street, and when, and at the same time, uh, they reveal that at least they. Sandra Bernhard uh, hears that he feels safer in crowds. Like that's what, uh, that's what makes him uh, uh, kidnappable in the latter mm-hmm. half of the movie. Right. Yeah. Because like in crowds, at least there's witnesses there uh, that may stop something if it happens. But of course, if you're out walking down the street, people are going to fucking recognize you and want to talk to you. Right. So it's inviting the thing that he is afraid of is the thing that gives him safety. It's very, it's very fucked up. Right. Right, right, right. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Uh, so uh, he's talking to the, to the uh, bartender, and then they end up having dinner together. And he's, it's, it's, what's weird about that conversation, I was the way he was talking about all these people that he knew, it felt like, oh, wait, is this another fantasy moment like yeah. the other one? Damn, that's exactly what I thought. Exactly. It was like, wait, is this when he another... was out to dinner with her? Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, wait, is this but real? Is, is, yeah. is this real? But because he was talking so casually about all these people that he knows that are so famous. It's like, as soon right. as he pulls out that autograph, the autograph book. Right? Yeah. Well, the giveaway is that he's using his, uh, his Rupert Pupkin voice, his real voice, which is so pressury and annoying. Like he is not paying attention to one fucking thing that anybody is saying. You can right. tell, you know, and he's, that's the way he's talking with her. If you were in a fantasy, that's where he's actually confident and understanding. People are right. needful of him. And, and, uh, when in real life, he is pressing this fucking autograph, like, when he's like flipping through the autograph book with her. He's like, there's Marilyn Monroe. You know, and look at this one. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, who do you think that is? I'll tell you. As right. if he's having a fucking conversation with himself. Right. And, he, and he gets to this one, like scribble. And he's like, and a very special one. Who do you think that is? I'll give you a, I'll give you a hint. It begins with an R. R. <laughs> and she's like, I just want to fucking go home. Can we hurry right. this up a little bit? And right. he's like, it's a... And she's not biting. And he's like, Rupert Pupkin. And she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? By the way, on that scene, like... You notice that the guy that played Maury in Goodfellas is behind him. Oh, really? That's great. If you watch that scene, mm-hmm. that's the thing. If you watch that scene, there is a guy behind him who's looking at her, and then he's kind of talking to himself, and he's looking at her again and trying to get her attention. And if you read the script, the script has these moments where he's like a hero. I think he saves her in an apartment when it's on fire mm. and he fights off a guy who was being rude to her in a restaurant. I think they shot that scene and uh, they caught it because right. if you He'd see him in the back, the guy that plays Maury, he goes on the phone and he's talking and he's like trying to get their attention. You can kind of see him in the background. It's almost like they just cut that scene out entirely. Because the script, right. there is a scene in a restaurant where he's like a hero figure, but they make him like a hero, and he right. saves her. Right, right. That's interesting. Yeah, and it's interesting. Which was maybe a way to try to legitimize why she would go with him longer. Right. Maybe, yeah, she's, she's an interesting character because, like, she's like her life ain't great. You know, like she doesn't like being a bartender and has yeah, to fucking put up with dudes hitting on her all the time, and like yeah, she's not she's not happy. And so like she's lonely enough that she'll put up with Rupert for a little while. You know, she's just like, okay, why not? I'll get a dinner out of this. We'll hang out and see where it goes. But mm-hmm. it goes, it's awkward and it's terrible. And he's so, uh, you know, he's forcing himself upon her socially through politeness constantly. You know, it's like he's using, he's using social awkwardness as a weapon to get his way with her. And, uh, and it's incredibly, it's violent. It's a violent thing to do to uh, cause people a sense of debt to you uh, while when you talk to them, you know, and make them feel guilty for not encouraging you uh, right. to to ingratiate themselves further into your life, you know. And uh, and this is what he does constantly. He is like he is a far more um, dangerous person. Uh, to normal everyday people than um, than De Niro is in Taxi Driver. Like, yes, in Taxi Driver, he is dangerous to criminals and bad, you know, bad actors, um, right. and, and possibly political figures. Um, but he fantasizes about being a. That's because he's fantasizing about being a hero, and he places himself against people he knows are villainous. 
in this. So that's why those scenes where he's like a hero to her and right. he saves her from a burning building and all this right. stuff. It's so fantastical, but maybe it didn't work, but yeah. certainly was the intention of the, the writer. Yeah, that's because that's very interesting. Like the because like what what's wonderful in Taxi Driver is that he is not a hero, but he does heroic things, and that's why people want to write a story around him as if he's a hero, right? But in this, like Pupkin wants, like he treats everybody around him as a as a step towards his own gratification, and uh, they, like in the, there are no people in his world; there is only servants. Um, who owe him something and right. uh and he would like that and throughout the entire movie like as it progresses we'll talk about it into kidnapping jerry and all this other stuff like what's really upsetting about the movie is that at any point like i would utterly believe that he just flips out and stabs jerry to death like that would be i would have been like yep yeah, well i saw that coming right. <laughs> you know like if sandra if sandra bernard had you know, like whipped herself up into a frenzy and then cut Jerry's throat. It would have been totally believable. Yeah. You know, yes. These people are, are wildly unstable and, in, and their entire goal is to define themselves through others. Illusions too. Yeah. They have illusions of, of reality. So, yeah. um, just to, to, to keep going on this, he, um, <clears throat> he, uh, he decides to, instead of calling the office, to make an appointment to do a show, he goes uh, straight to the office. Oh, that that stuff is brutal. This stuff it is, is so hard. 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 It's just awkward. It's yeah. just brutal, brutal, brutal. Yeah. Yeah. It's like going to a, a Jerry's, you know, business. And what's interesting is like that, all that shit is 100% realistic. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. All that stuff is. Yeah, because especially, like, because he's acting strange, right? Yes. And he's acting rehearsed, which is also strange, right? So he's like, he's planned this. He knows what to do. He's got every every answer is in his mind because he's thought about this every night forever. Obsessively. Obsessively, right? right? right. Everyone else in who's acting in this, they are very realistic people because yep. they just, they don't even seem like actors. Yeah. And the whole like, mechanism that, that you, that you see in the movie is like, wait, this is exactly what? how it works. This is wait, all this whole stuff. What, who are you? Yeah, exactly. What the fuck are you doing? Rupert Pumpkin. Pumpkin. Yeah. Often, I, often, uh, often. Too, it's like everyone gets the name. It's slightly wrong. Yeah. 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 It's, it's Pumpkin. Mr. Pumpkin's here. Mr. Pumpkin. 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 So it's Pumpkin. P-U-P. K I E N, and he says it is Pupkin. P U P K I A N. He always often, like, awfully, yeah. uh, often mis mispronounced and mis uh, and misspelled. Uh, you know, often misspelled and very man often mispronounced. Like yeah. every fucking every line from him is violence. Like it's yeah. all this fucking completely. Um, uh, what's the uh, like when you repress your anger and pretend to be polite? Right. Like, it's just brutal all the time. He's just like, every line could be replaced with, get the fuck out of my way. I need to go. I need uh, to talk to Jerry. I need to talk to Jerry. I've got to talk to Jerry. And it'd be so much Jerry. more honest if he said that. Like, I don't want to fucking talk to lackeys. Get me Jerry. Right. Yeah, it's but very condescending. It's, it's brutal. He's a te- he is a terrible person. Rupert Pupkin is, a, is the worst of us. And, I, and like I said, he's, I have been him. And uh, the movie is brutal about making you associate with like where you just go, fuck, 
<laughs> very, 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 very awkward. Yes, yep. indeed. Uh, you so, felt, so you felt very. Uh, you've seen it before, though. Me? Yeah. Yeah, I have seen it before, but it's been years. It's been years. I saw it very differently now, and I think you're absolutely right that it's like because of what the situation we're in now with obsession with celebrity. Listen, come on, for God's sakes. We elected a person who's obsessed with his own celebrity. Yeah. Like, it's like... That is his whole stigma is, love me, I'm famous. Yeah, that's it. So that's, uh, his, that's, his, that's his business model. That's his know. business model. That's a good way to put it. And like this, that's that the, is his business model. That's, that's his business model. And like I think that like I you know I I don't let me I'll say this carefully. I don't hate Donald Trump because I don't know Donald Trump. I hate what Donald Trump represents and sure. what he has, what his little his little cottage industry that he built around himself uh, has done to very important institutions such as American government. Like, I think it's incredibly dangerous and very, very bad. And I would like him to stop influencing things in this way um, because it's bad for people and will end up, it's got already gotten people killed. Uh, right. And so, but I don't know the guy, so I can't say that I hate him. I've never met him. I've you seem him. like very similar to him. You guys are very much. Oh yeah. It's the hair. Well. Obviously it's the taste in, um, in clothes. Uh, yeah. He has a curl shirt just like this. I don't know if you saw that press conference, but it's the same. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, but yeah, like this is the, he tapped into, a trophy wife just like he does. Exactly. Like <laughs> he, uh, like he tapped into the same pumpkinism of, ah. of people wanting, um, definition through, um, uh, demeaning others, you know, by putting people beneath you, uh, as a form of self justification is what he sells. And, uh, and the more you do it, the better you feel. And, uh, and that's what he does every, you know, as a, as a business and it's extremely successful. So when people say that he's dumb, I'm like, the guy oh. became president of the United States with this bullshit. It's pretty amazing. Like yeah. he, he is like, he is quite obviously not dumb. Like he outwitted yeah. us deftly. Right. Um, and, uh, and psychopaths and, aren't dumb. Yeah. He's a, he's, he's likely a psychopath. And he's certainly a very, very, shre he very shrewdly understood the desperation that we have for validation. Oh, that, yeah, which he, which he capitalized on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like it, here's a world in which it seems so easily, like people get famous for seemingly no reason. And uh, this, that we taught, we treat each other with no um, actual interest or respect. That is fucking, that's, that's, that's a warm place beneath the refrigerator for someone for the kind of fungus like him to grow. And, uh, that's what happened, you know? And so like every, anytime I see him, this movie, I see aspects of my own desperation in pupkin, you know, like it's, it makes me feel like shit. You want to, you want to get to the top right away. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> you like, don't want to have to work for it. Yeah. Like, well, like, Eric doesn't want to work for it either. I can right. tell. <laughs> well, it's, no, it's because we all want, uh, like we all, like uh, I have certainly on online in my angrier moments used other people as platforms to justify myself wholesale. I think everyone else has done this on earth. Um, but it's cruel and it has, you're abusing their actual, they're, you're abusing actual people for your own 
benefit when you do this. And so I try not to do that anymore, but it's hard when you get mad. And you see that uh, in Rupert Pupkin, who's fucking insanely mad at everybody all the time for not recognizing his value. And, uh, and so when you see fucking idiots, like the people that, yeah, people like Trump, who I consider to be uh, dangerous idiots, um, uh, are, you know, they found a way to make money off of it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, so, uh, anyway, talks to the girlfriend. So he goes to try to talk to pumpkin to, sorry, to Jerry in the office. He doesn't have an appointment. He said, I'll just wait, you know, or he just keeps talking about how he belongs there and how they're, and they don't uh, know what to do. Yeah. Right? right. And so he's like, he mentions his secretary name. Finally, the secretary comes down. She goes, we don't have an appointment for you as well. No, I know him. You know, he's a friend of mine. Totally down. Technically he, down. Right. Yeah. But we, he said that he wanted to have lunch. We're going to be having lunch today. And this right. is what's going to happen. And he then, and Jerry never said anything of the kind. Nothing. It, like he's just built up the fantasy in his mind that this right. is what this meant. Right. Right. And so she said, what is this regard? And he says, well, I can, you know, talking about me being on the show. It's like, well, who are you again? That's the whole thing. And so finally she says, do you have a tape? <laughs> yeah. Right. And he's like, oh, no. And he's like, great, I'll get you a tape. Right? Like, okay, now he's got a goal, right? So he goes home. Here's his goal. Right? He's like, great. So he goes home and he starts making a tape as if he's the star of the show. Right. And he can tell it's just pure fantasy. Yeah. Pure, pure fantasy. And his mom keeps on interrupting him (laughs) while he's trying to record. (laughs) Ma! I can't get enough of that performance. It's my favorite fucking thing in the movie. I'm trying, no, and like watching, just watching De Niro's face as he's trying to get his mother's voice out of his mind. Right. He's, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's so fucking manic and plugged in. Like it's it's an, it's an incredible performance. Pupkin is one of the great characters ever put to film, in my opinion. Like he's yeah. so fucking committed to this this hideously unlikable, desperate person. Uh, yep. and it's, it's like, it's, it's gold. It's pure gold. Yep. Indeed. Um, okay. Uh, you all right, Chris? Uh, yeah. Sorry. I'm catching up on stuff. Okay. So, uh, so this, so he goes to try to record the thing. I forgot the exact order of events, but then he goes back with the tape. Right. And then she says, okay, great. Thanks a lot for that. And she's, She's super nice to him. Yeah, super, super nice. Pro. You know, she's super. She's like, great. We'll take a look at it and we'll let you know. But, and and then he's he can't like, let go. Well, he's like, he's well, like, when will like, you do that? When will you do that? When should I? He's like, I can just wait. And he just literally sits down. Right. It's like I'll just wait. Let's wait. He's okay. like, it could I'm be till Monday. It's <laughs> like Monday. Right. I was like, it's all right. I'll wait. And then it's like, oh, it's like I tell you what, four o'clock tomorrow. Come by. We'll we'll listen to it by four o'clock. We'll give you four, four o'clock. Really? Four o'clock. Four o'clock. Great. Four o'clock. Yeah, right. four o'clock. Right. Oh, you know. And she's and she's not doing this to get him out of her hair just yet. Like she's right. like she actually listens to the tape. Like, right. She really does. And when he shows up again, she's like, "Listen to your tape." Well, you did actually, Jerry listen to it? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh. and she's like, "Listen, you know, like we, we think this needs work. You have some good timing." And, you know, I think that there's some jokes that you could probably do without. 
yeah. what you want to do is there's a bunch of clubs that we go to uh, to check people out. Start working those clubs. Let us know when you're getting work. And we'll send someone down to look. To look. Like, this is a, like way above and beyond the call of duty right here. Right. That's like, right. She does yeah. not have to say she's, any of this she's stuff. She's freaking Johnny Carson's secretary, right? right. Like, does not have and, to and say And this is this some guy stuff. off the street. Right. Right. She's cutting him some slack. You know, the guy's very, you know, he's he's really pushing. And so she's like, here's what you got to do. Thanks very much. And and then he says, and, and Scorsese says he loves this line, too, is when he says, um, do you speak for Jerry? <laughs> right. And so... uh, and she's like, yes, I do. Well, uh, forgive me. For, I don't want this to come across as personal, but I, I, do, I do not think that uh, your your judgment is clear in this. You know, it just right. starts like saying, like, I'm just dismissing her. This is where the onion's peeling back. He's yeah. really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. So, and then she, and she's like, after she gave so much, like she gave it her all to be polite. Yeah. And now he's just like insulting her. Yeah. You're a fucking idiot. Get out of my way. It's what he's actually oh, saying. Right. I don't want to talk to you. You, you know, someone who's beneath me. Get me right. Jerry. Right. <laughs> right. So I, so I can put Jerry beneath me also. Right. <laughs> like it's his goal. Like that is the goal he would never admit to himself is that he doesn't like Jerry either. Right. Like, he just wants to put Jerry under his shoe. Right. And you can see this in one of, in like my very fa- favorite fantasy is the uh the marriage fantasy. Which, which one was that? When he when it's the when he's on the show, he's on Jerry's show and Jerry and Oh Jerry's, yeah 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 yeah. And yeah, Jerry's yeah. like well, you know, it is, this is, um, you know, this is a wonderful moment. We've, we're actually going to have you marry your high school sweetheart here on the air, on the, on the show. Right. And, and they, so like, and it says that them together and the entire sermon at this wedding is, uh, run by, uh, Pupkin's high school principal. Right. I never liked you. And, yeah. uh, and uh, who he hates. And right. here this guy is saying like, Rupert. We were all wrong about you, all of us, everyone yeah. out here, yeah. and we just want to say we're sorry right. for ever for all the things we didn't recognize and all the greatness we didn't recognize That's, in you, right? Yeah, you know? and just God, this fucking guy, <laughs> like yeah. this is this is it, this is it, this is yeah. this is his dream. Is his to, dream is that everyone hated him in high school? Yeah, make us. everybody pay. I will make everybody pay. They all owe me. They all owe me. My mother owes me. And everybody else owes me, and yeah. you don't you don't know how wonderful I am. So I'll prove it to you by treating you all as if you're beneath me, and that is what's actually happening for him. Right. And and the thing is, like I had uh, I had discussion with a uh, a friend of mine uh, who was saying that uh, they look forward to, but like, wouldn't it be great to win an Academy Award because then you can really show them? And I was like, what? Show who? <laughs> like who the fuck are you showing right. like like all those people that yeah you know, all those fuckers that kept show. us back well it's just like the same like, idea of like what are you talking about it's the same thing right <laughs> it, that i always say it, this is a theme in, in american movies especially you go back to your high school reunion and you got to show them how yeah, you succeeded that's right that's right yeah. beat you all motherfuckers. yeah look at yeah look at that they're nerdy kid now he's nobody fucking bill fucking gates <laughs> nobody owes you anything no forget about it forget about it Look at that! That popular guy in high school—he's just yeah. as dumb as he was in high school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I'm just like this is. I mean, I think it's made like I, I don't mean to hammer on anybody, but it's like that's a very common 
it's a very common fantasy that is promoted in Hollywood. Yeah. Like, it, oh, it, yeah. Of, of just like, and then, you can, so. then you can really show, you know, it, that they, every, they, they, all those people that wouldn't back your play. And every, blah, blah, blah. every single, like, think about it. Every single time you hear high school reunion, it's yeah. all about. That's what it's about. What have I done? The whole point of going to high school reunion is to rub people, things in people's face or to cower in your failure. Yeah. Yeah. That's right? it. That's it. And, it's, and the thing is like, there's no, there's nothing like, there's no, nothing positive about this. This is simply egoic, you know? And like, there's like, who gives a shit? It doesn't make any difference. You're this, like, why don't just get together and say, oh, I'm, we're all a bunch of fuck ups. Who cares? Let's drink. Like, that's a positive thing to do. It's like, we're all, we're all fucking losers and idiots. And you know, we're half our, you know, half our lives we've messed up, but that's true for everybody. So why don't we just relax? <laughs> like, that's a much more realistic thing to say then I need to prove to some dude that doesn't know me that he was wrong to judge me. Like, first of all, what do you give a shit about what that guy's opinion is? Like, why would you care? And and I say this as if this, I haven't felt this way. Of course I've felt this way. Like, wouldn't it be great to really show that motherfucker as if it is like, why would I want someone who I don't respect to respect me? Like, what does that even mean? Like, I don't respect them. <laughs> Who was this guy, by the way? Uh, th- no, it's just... This is a, a g- general story about folks that I have known. But it's like the... Uh, but I, I, have, I have made this mistake myself in my younger years, and I hope to never make it again. And movies like this Acosting, remind me. Uh, going after Paul Simon? I know. Um, I'll tell you, my, 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 the closest I've come to Rupert. I'm going to show you, Paul Simon, yeah, exactly. that I can succeed. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to throw you uh, down yeah, the stairs sorry. and carry you all. Guys, I just want to clarify for that. I'm not proud of that, but at dude, the same time, there's no, no, this is not what I'm saying. That, like, this but is, the point this is, is feeling, I was right. completely I came, out of my mind drawn. I came I really very was. close. I came very close to stalking Bradley Cooper. <laughs> no, uh, rather, no, even now, Bradley Cooper, Bradley Whitford. I was Bradley Whitford. You don't even remember his Aerosmith? name. No, I said Brad- I just misspoke. Yeah, of Bradley, Bradley, Bradley Whitford. Yeah, he was uh, from the West Wing. He's a very good actor. Oh. He's in, um, uh, he's in, uh, 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 what's it called? Oh shoot! I and mean, you, you recognize him instantly. He's a really good actor and uh, uh, you know, a, a charming character actor. I happen to. Um, uh, I, I won't say what the bar is. I'm living I, under his porch. I'm living on this. I'm broadcasting from beneath his bedroom right now, and he doesn't know. And I'm going to surprise him in a minute. But the uh, but no, I, I happen to go to a bar that he goes to, which I will not name. Uh, and uh, he sat down next to me at the bar, and we, you know, we were and sort of like chit chatting. And I recognized like, who I was talking to, and like I didn't bring anything up about anything. I was just like blah 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 chit chatting away, and. Uh, the next, like the next two times I went to that bar, I sat at the bar hoping to find Bradley, Bradley Whitford there. And the, I, when I, I recognized, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> like, this is getting weird, dude. Like, you don't right. want to just fucking start. Like, maybe if I just show up outside of his house, <laughs> like, it's like, what the fuck? It's it's and like the, the, the assumption that. I, uh, first of all, that I needed anything from this dude that I don't know, which I hope I, you know, like I don't. I don't um, know who he is. Is, is, he's, you'd recognize him for the West Wing. Famous from the West Wing. That's it. But, uh, you're either the, or all the photos on my wall behind me. I, I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> the but, mannequin like, I had sculpted him behind me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'd be horrified that's if you never is. heard this. But, like, I love him as an actor. He's a wonderful actor. Uh, and I was so sort of 
um, uh, it was such a rush to just randomly uh, talk to this actor. guy. I love him. He's I was a great dancer. It's a wonderful. Way it's really like, it, for his age, he's in incredible shape. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm but just the, saying, when he's at the gym, and he's like, working out. It just struck he looks me. Great. Like, but I don't, I don't go to the same gym. I'm like I was just, it struck Maybe. me. I'm like, I'm not even a giant fan of this bar. I just came here to sit down to see if I could talk to that guy again, as if he wow. owed me anything. Like that's Rupert Pupkin, man. Like what was I doing? What was what really was I doing? What was really funny? Uh, I was at uh, the firehouse uh, with Remy. Remember Remy? Oh yeah, I love Remy. <laughs> Remy's amazing. And he, he, the so most we were, French person I've ever very met. French, my life. Very French. And we're sitting outside of the uh, outside of there, Besides and he was smoking a cigarette. He was smoking a cigarette, and then uh, uh, Mor- Morna Tierney showed up. You remember? Her? Oh yeah, Morna Mar- Tierney. She's great. Yeah, but 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 she couldn't quite recognize it because she had glasses on and whatever, and she was there with some guy. And then because it was late, and uh, Remy was smoking, she said, "Excuse me, do." You, do you have an extra cigarette or something like that? And so he's like, oh, sure. And he didn't recognize her. <laughs> he says, he goes, hold on. I know who you are. <laughs> you are on, you're on. It sounds like good. It sounds like good. We're making fun of him. This is, that is exactly how Remy That's exactly how It's like, you are we on, you. E, you are on ER. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, and she looks at him. He goes, nope. <laughs> he goes, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, ER. It's like, I love it. It's like, I just started watching it on Netflix. Have you heard of it? <laughs> it was so, good, so funny. She's like, like, that's not me. That's, that's not me. me. And, and then the guy next to her is just laughing. He's like, thanks for the cigarette. I got to go. And he's yeah. like, yes, you, I saw you. And he starts chasing her down the street. Oh, my God. No, <laughs> Remy. Remy, no. He's like, I love this show. It's so good. <laughs> like, just the thing, man. Like, luckily, all of my other interactions with actual celebrities have been so embarrassing that I've never, ever made this mistake again in my life. You know, it's like the, the David, it's like the David Fincher story. Like I we we yeah, I'm working for David. Sure. Like we work for David Fincher. I work for David Fincher, and fucking Eric Barber brings uh, Fincher by because <laughs> like you want to thank people that did all this the, the environment's work and matte painting all this stuff. And Eric's like, oh, uh, Daniel, this is David, and uh, and I was like, holy shit, he just walks in my cube, and like I I reach out and I shake his hand. This guy's super super nice. I never talked to him directly. And he's like, hey, it's nice to meet you, Daniel. Thanks so much for your great work. And I, I'm, I'm squeezing his hand. I'm like, you got some huge hands there, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me like, uh, bye. <laughs> yeah, don't trust me around famous people. It's idiotic. Uh, it's idiotic. And the pumpkin just leaps out. Immediately, I'm just like, oh, let me show you my tape. <laughs> so uh, terrible. We've gone through several. I'm sure we'll have more embarrassing celebrity stories as we go through. So terrible. But uh, Bradley Whitford, I apologize. I don't have posters behind me on my computer right now. I yeah, only have one. Yeah, only, yeah. one only one. Only <laughs> one. Uh, anyway, so the next thing is uh, uh, right. So he takes this. He still lives in his fantasy world. Says we're tell convinces his girlfriend that they're going to spend the weekend at his weekend house in the Hamptons. Yeah, we're just going to be going to Jerry's house. He invited us for dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, so great. they just be great. So they just get on the train. Ugh. He goes up there. So and, and then they show up at the door. He knocks on the door and, and she asks, who else is going to be there? And he goes, oh, it's a big party, you know, right. having a big dinner party. And the butler opens the door, Asian guy. 
Yeah, so doesn't who, know who, the fuck going who are you? Who are you? Where's this? <laughs> I was like, oh, we're Jerry's friends. I was like, and I was like, is, where's Jerry? <laughs> he's like, he's playing off. Ah, has he beaten a hundred yet? Like he's going through, like, obviously he just knows all this information about, him, right? And they're like, uh, I was like, well, we'll just let ourselves in. He'll be home soon. You know, like, and so they let their themselves in. He's totally playing along to the point where the girlfriend kind of believes it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. She, sure. She totally, she's, like, she's mesmerized. They're in Jerry Lundford's uh, like, house. House. Right. You know? right. It's real, right? Right. And then the, the butler's like, uh, you sure Jerry knows you? And then it's like, yep. And so it's just not quite, I don't know. Anyway, Jerry he's shows so up. so aggressive and confident. It's oh, scary. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. It's really, really ugly. And so they're wandering around. They're picking up all of his personal stuff as they're walking through his house. And then Jerry shows up with a golf club. And he's like, what the hell is going on? Why well, he took five minutes? Like, there's like, there's a guy in the living room for, he's like, what? Who? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And By so, the way, that's the scenes. Those are the scenes that Jerry Lewis directed. And they're great. He great has job. to do that. And then when Chan at the door couldn't get it open, that mm-hmm. was real. But they just let, let's keep it. It's just great. Keep it. Yeah. It's he's all like, I'm out keep there it. for five. Eight minutes. Yeah. What's wrong with you? What is this? What's going on? Yeah. But he yeah. was perfect coming oh, in. Dude. Oh, my God. He's, he owns the scenes. Yeah. Because yeah. okay. he's not like, he's not saying anything. He's just sitting there like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. Like, get the fuck out. Get out of my house. <laughs> what is this? He come this? in. He make a mess. <laughs> this is touching everything. This is, uh, this is awful. Yeah. And it's, it, they go through this whole thing. Uh, um, uh, 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 Rupert just like pretends like everything is fine. Jerry's like, I don't fucking know you, and just goes through this. No, whole, he does what? recognize him. He though. does recognize oh, yeah, him, yeah. yeah. But we don't have any kind of relationship. This we is, don't have a relationship. Yeah. This is total bullshit. The girlfriend's her face changes very quickly. She goes, Oh shit! Yeah, exactly. she and then you, you start smile, to like, let's smile, here. and then right. suddenly, like she, she's she just realizes how awkward this is all is right. and how horrible this is, and she is somehow in the middle of it and right. on the wrong side. <laughs> yeah, she starts apologizing to Jerry, which is the right thing to do. Right, right, and immediately Rupert's like, "She's a fucking bitch!" Like, like. It's, <laughs> instantly turns on her right they're just like oh yeah she's no she's just a bartender and she doesn't know what i was talking about and you're like what what the, f- the fuck <laughs> like you right. like you know like you said you think you would love this woman you want to marry her like right. what are you talking about no, no no fantasy it's a fantasy this is everyone is just a fuck another rung of the ladder that's all he can see right and if and if and if, and if, and if he like that for in his mind she instantly turned into sandra bernhardt like you just threw her out. It's just like I'm right. going to dismiss you now. Fuck that. I'm going to tell a story to myself that you're you've always been bad. Yep. You know, it's it's ugh, ugh, it's so so ugly, so ugly. And then, so here's a question: Is that entertainment then? <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Right. What do you mean? Is that really what a movie should be? Absolutely. Well, yeah, I think that like the movie is. I'm not saying I, I agree with that. I'm just saying. Well, it's like the, well, the the reason why I think this is a one of Scorsese's very best movies. Right, is because it does the thing that I try truly love, which is it uses the audience against itself constantly. You know, it's not only making you relate to Rupert Pupkin and pointing out like this, we have we all do this, but it's also putting you in this constant uncomfortable position that you want relief from through any means necessary, and so you're just kind of like ha 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 ha, trying to like get the fuck out of the movie because it's so 
so awkward all the time. And so like, I think that uh, it creates the situation, it creates the situation of awkwardness that when you find yourself in this situation and you're the source of it, you're being pupkin. Like it's like, it's almost like a training manual to get you to recognize when you are enforcing yourself onto other people. Full pupkin. Full pupkin. You are going full pupkin. You know, and I think that's it's a it's a brilliant and good thing to 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 do, and it's uh, something that people should not just talk. I mean, like famous people aside, like talking to people this way at all is bad. You know, like treat people as if they're worthy of respect always until they until they do something. You know that that goes the other way. Like assume that they have whole lives that you don't know. You know, and I think that that's the uh, that's that's the big lesson in this movie. It's a very much very much a lesson movie. Don't go full pumpkin. Do not go full pumpkin, pumpkin man. We, we I think we all do more often than we like to admit. You know, I think that everyone like anybody who disagrees with us on Twitter is Sandra Bernhard in this movie. You know, it's like I never liked you anyway. You're a fucking. <laughs> it's like you know, it's like like you said with the AI argument. Like I've had people, you know, like. Uh, say like uh, a couple of people say some extremely wildly hurtful things suddenly as if I had done something cruel to a member of their family. Yeah, I know? did. And, and you know, that's they were suddenly like, suddenly I was just a blob. They were just like, Oh, I hate you now. That's it. You're out. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay. Yeah. It's very, it's a very difficult conversation to have for sure. Do you find yeah. yourself a lot, Ever since you, I know you had some issues with um, social media a couple of weeks ago, you find yourself pulling back. Me yeah. pulling yeah. back. I I tell you what I go like I. It's very hard for me. Basically, what I try to do on social media, especially Facebook these days. Facebook has been toxic, um, but I try to go to social media just to to scan things I need to to make sure I'm caught up on. And then try to filter out visually anything that's get out. Yeah. and then just get out yeah. because it's, it's like, I just want to make sure I didn't miss something that I need to pay attention to and then get out because it is, it's horrible. Facebook is horrible right now. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really bad. Yeah, Twitter is bad too. But I think the thing about Facebook is, is, is people going on giant rants about things, uh, about things that are more passionate about. And the other thing that has been bothering me on social media specifically is this illusionary vision of, you know, whatever, <laughs> like of, of their lives, like it's complete fantasy world of their lives. Sure. Right. And they're putting it out there when I was like, it's just not reality, that, right? That, that is pup. That is pupkinism, right? Like, yeah. like Rupert is constantly like the just when he's ranting to Bernhard, like you know nothing. You never helped me at all. You never helped me. Like I am. Like I lent you money and I have rent to pay. He doesn't have rent to pay, right? Yeah. Like he just not. It's like he has his own fucking house. He's living. He's right. literally living in his mom's basement. But he's he's creating this complete illusory world. Yeah, for his own ego purposes, and that's what happens. It's, all the it, time. And so, I, is that that's another thing that bothers me? Is like there's there's a couple people that are definitely posting some funny stuff about the reality of their lives sure. in there, sure. and that's funny, and I'll take that. But it's just like, look at me and all my friends and all these fabulous meals and our day at the beach. And I'm yes. like, why why do I need to see a picture of you at the beach? 
Well, and the thing is, it's like, and regardless of what I think of someone, like whatever someone is putting out there, like it's unhealthy to do that yourself. Like, that's because that's the with we talked about this with blonde, right? Like that's what that's what blonde is criticizing. It's like putting out this false version of yourself simply uh, so you can have the egoic success that you desperately need, need but don't have. Right. And the and the bigger the distance between your your reality, your emotional reality, and your physical reality, and the projected fantasy image of yourself, the more that's that's a register of how much pain you're in. Sure, you know. And then and so like th- this is the it's it's all very like acting, you know, becoming Pupkin is very understandable. Everyone everyone falls prey to prey to this at some point. Sure, you know. But at, at the same time, it's just like you can't live in that ecosystem for very long. I, and and it's like in the same breath that I say that I did, I do I do similar things, right? I just post pictures of my fishing all the time, right? Yeah. So be because you and the thing is that you love fishing, and this is a peaceful, happy part of your life, and you do want to talk about it. Like that's totally sure, reasonable. Sure. You know, but if yeah. you were like if like if you were constantly projecting that you had some incredible, you know, ritzy, you know, super expensive living on gold yachts fishing life, like I. Like I think Eric or I would would say like, Call me so on. what's going on, man? <laughs> I mean, you got a nice house; it's great, but I don't know if it's the, quite the, uh, the the you know the uh, the tea pain life that you're that you're living right now. Right, <laughs> it's a good life. It's a it's a real life, and right. not a fantasy life. You know, and I think that that's the this this is the kind of stuff. It's like where you know I think it's the like the relationship. I think about this a lot just because of like Martini Giant and stuff like this. And the more that we do things that are public facing and you have a public personality and you know like us on this show you know like this is very close to us you know this is a, a big part of my real life you know i talk about movies all the time i love talking with you guys in public about this stuff um but at the same time we are pretty careful in the show to say like this is a show <laughs> you know like like this is this is this is a a very small sliver of who we are blown up really, really, really big, you yeah. know, because we want to, we love talking about this stuff and we like interacting with people in that way. I, I will, uh, 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 Casey said like social media is a constant struggle between two States. One side saying they're talking about things too seriously. The other side saying things that are not, uh, are not being taken seriously enough. Then that. run that through politics, film critique, narcissism, Disguised as uh, uh, selfishness and argument and arguments about Ewoks. <laughs> Ewoks are cool. <laughs> Casey, let's not have that argument about Ewoks again, man. <laughs> yeah. Ewoks aren't cool. No, Ewoks. 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 Anyone who knows me knows that I think the Ewoks are the least of the problems that that movie has. So that's okay. I'm on cool with Ewoks. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Uh, so, so, so that was an extraordinarily awkward scene. The, you, we picked out all the the points of a pumpkin, especially as he starts yelling at her, uh, which was hilarious um, and sad and horrifying at the same time. Yep, Mr. Pumpkin, uh, I think it's time that you like you should go, and we'll make an appointment. And this, of course, turns into he goes outside, sees Sandra Bernhard, and she's like. You didn't yeah, talk to him. Gaslights him. Like, right. you didn't talk to him. You never saw Jerry. You didn't give him that letter. You know, blah, 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 all this. And so Pumpkin's like, fine, I'll go in again. Like, maybe you're right. Maybe they just fucking, maybe they lied. And he goes yeah. in again. 
<laughs> At which point the security comes and kicks him out. He gets his ass handed to him. Right. And he's fucking thrown out on the street. He's thrown out onto the street almost literally in front of Sandra Bernhard. And Sandra Bernhard says, they threw you out on the street. And he's like, no, they didn't. <laughs> and no, excuse me. That's not what happened. <laughs> like, you just saw it fucking happen. You just saw it. <laughs> like it had just happened in front of her face. You can't, you can't say that it didn't happen, but he does. Uh, all right. So we'll talk about how they ended up kidnapping him. So yes, but like as there's no access anymore to, uh, uh, to, Jerry. uh, to Jerry, uh, uh, him and Sandra Bernard come up with a plan to it's rather fast, by and the it's way. instantaneous. It's yeah. just, it's just the next gear of the car for them. Right. Right. And they're just like, okay, well, and like, as much as they hate each other, they're just like, okay, in that case, we're going to kidnap him. <laughs> like, we're going but to. it's the best, because they're in that car, and it's just, she's got these crazy-ass glasses. Oh, yeah, these huge dark glasses that take up most of her face. It's like this the Terminator glasses. Comedy comedy. Oh, it's, yeah. And the thing is, like, that's, that's the best, right? It's like, there's, the tone gets more and more comedic, but what they're doing is more and more dangerous. Right. Like this isn't like none of it's funny. Like it's it's extremely awkward and like as soon as Jerry's involved, like there's no comedy at all from him. Like he's just sitting there, like just I want to get the fuck out of the situation. Everybody else then nobody thinks it's funny at all. The only people that think it's kind of funny are us because it's from the outside so fucking ludicrous. Right. You know? And they but they pick him up, you know, they pull a gun and put him in a car. And they take him back to Sandra Bernhardt's apartment. Uh, and she's got a big ass apartment. She's got man. a big ass yeah. apartment that's like not, I like that's over decorated, has lots of cats. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but like, it's huge things. And it's, it, and it looks like a, you know, like, like it's uh, the scene. What's the devil's advocate kind of apartment? Yeah. Where the weird. Yeah. No art, taste at all. <laughs> but there's tons of candles everywhere yes. they set up. And there's, she set up a dinner for the two of them. Super tacky, really weird. Right. Right. Well, first of all, no, for, uh, sorry, before the, the whole dinner scene. Sorry, that was a little, little jump ahead. They go through a conversation where they kidnap him and they have him talking on the phone to convince or not to say, to Burn. basically make a, like a, a, a bargain is like, uh, uh, pumpkin is going to be on the show and then we'll release him. Right. Like he basically kidnaps Jerry to be on Jerry's show. Yeah. Right. Right. And to make it happen. Which, yeah, which right. is where the plot of the Joker comes from. Right. Right. And so like the, so and in order yeah. to get the, get him to do this, like De Niro's wearing these fucking sunglasses and this big hat and he's holding so up great. cue cards for Jerry to read sure. uh, on the phone and just like, yeah, do this or you, Jerry, you'll never see Jerry alive again. Like, but, but he messes up the cue cards. Messes constantly. up the cue cards. They're upside down. They're all, all wrong side. Yeah, every, like, every all this stuff that is normally played is like you know goofy comedy. It's just like oh my god, these fucking fuck ups are. They're not just. They're not just insane, and they're not just dangerous. They're also they're idiots. Smart. Right. <laughs> like it's really wild. But he has thought. But. Besides screwing up the cue cards, he's really thought this through. Basically, he knows that the show is taped at four, and it airs at eleven thirty. Right, right. So what he wants to do is he doesn't want anyone to reveal that any of this has happened or that they cut the whole thing. So he wants the audience to stay there till eleven, 
so that he is guaranteed that it's going to go on the air. Yes. Right. Right. So, so he does. We got to hold on to Jerry until it actually shows. Right. And then, uh, then, then I'll know. I'll go on. I'll, I'll, I'll get to go on the show, do my monologue. But he also doesn't want know. any of the audience members to leave so that it doesn't leak to the press what the fuck's going on. Yes. Right. Right. So it's, it's kind of like, okay, you know, okay, we're watching what's going on. So he's basically taking everybody hostage. He's taking everybody hostage. Right. Some people are like, this is ridiculous. And then it was like, what's it going to hurt to take over one show? Right. right. Part yeah. of it. Right. The attorney says that. Yeah. yeah. Like, what, what are we going to do? Like, I mean, we're, this is the fucking guy's life, you know? We're, right. We're worried about how the show looks and he's going to get shot. He's on yeah. every night, this guy. And, and so one of the lines that, 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 that pumpkin says is, uh, is, uh, better, <laughs> better to be a king for a day than a schmuck for the whole rest of your life, for your yes. whole life. Yes. yes. And this is my, this is my favorite bit, right? Is like, he finally gets it his way. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what, and it's sort of, it's very cleverly done because like, uh, they lead all the way up to him getting on the show and Tony Randall comes out and introduces him. Right. And they show Tony Randall being kind of like a prickly dick off screen. Like, and then the he comes f- who out. Who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, exactly. And then he comes out and does his Tony Randall thing. Right. And introduces Rupert. And then before Rupert can start his monologue, uh, it cuts away. Right. And then it shows how it plays out as they wait for the actual broadcast. Right. Right. So you never and, actually see the monologue. And so like the, the, the well, at that point, at that point. Right. And the FBI is like, so yes. right. We're reading you your rights. You are under arrest. And Puppins are like, that's fine. It's okay. Yeah. And they start asking questions. So like, so are you one of the people that, uh, you know, took Jerry, blah, blah, blah. And like, he's just like, yeah, yes, I took, I, Jerry. I took Jerry. Jerry. I kidnapped him. And, I w- and he will be killed if uh, this doesn't go on the air. Like he's just saying this to the cops, right? Like, like he's, he's right. trying to get out of it. I'll he's put you in his... makeup. Want me to put you in hair and makeup? Put yeah. a little color in his face. Yeah, I like to put a little color in his face. But yeah. just yeah. To, to know, there was the reason why you never saw Jerry Langford's saying a joke on the show is because they didn't want a standard of comedy set. Right. That's a good point. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Right. And when, and so like our reference point, what, reference what is point, funny. Right. right. And so like he gets what he wants. And meanwhile, Sandra Bernhard, like left alone with Jerry is like, her mind is spinning more and more of a tale as to what this relationship is. Like, just, Oh yeah. And by the way, we should note, we, we should note that, 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 that pumpkin put tape on his mouth and then tape, him entirely like these only the top of his head is sticking out the rest of him is it's mummified taped to, a chair, right. taped to a chair like completely taped right completely taped like a mummy and right? so he can't do anything it's, he's just literally locked to a chair by duct tape right and then sandra bernhard has all these candles and she set up like this romantic dinner for the two of them and she just starts going on this like deeper and deeper into this like just, this I is, I just want to get crazy. I just want to get wanna... crazy. This is real. I really feel. I feel like I could tell you. Tell like everything. I feel like I can tell you everything. I just and he he has tape over his mouth. <laughs> and he's taped to a chair. I yeah, just want to be black. Like, right. Her, that's her, her her kind of show was like that. She used to do comedy, but she also did kind of like a downtown review type shows. Sure. You right. know, the singing and stuff. Yeah. And she was awesome. I actually. Um, when I lived in West Village, I lived on 10th and Bleecker. She lived, uh, but it was really between 7th and Bleecker, but but there was 4th right there, the little nugget of 4th starting. 
she lived two blocks away. And so sometimes I would see her, you know, walking around and I, there was a, I think it was liquid kitty was the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, I liquid remember kitty is in L- is in LA. LA. yeah, there was a, a lesbian bar that was like really famous. And, uh, Oh, you're talking about Pandora's box. No, Henrietta Hudson <laughs> was around there. But the point is, um, I saw her on the street once with this gorgeous Indian girl kissing. I was like, ah, oh, I wanted, but she was kissing. I was like, man, it was like magic hour. And I was walking to a newsstand. I was like, I wanted it because I love King of Comedy so much. It was just, you know, I was like, I'll keep walking. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pull a Dan Thrum. Yeah, I wasn't going to pull a Dan Thrum. I'm just going to follow her to a bar and hope that she goes there. Right I now. think what's funny is, is the irony of you trying to interrupt her during that moment. Yep. To Hardy, talk to her, I just want to talk, talk to, you. to you about King of Comedy. <laughs> I hope this is not. I, I loved your performance. I thought it was amazing. Like, oh my god! It was like it was like. Yeah, I, I just need to, to kidnap you and you're out here. I'm you know yeah. kind of busy. <laughs> it's amazing, dude. but yeah. So like uh, Bernhard's uh, like she is like spinning out of control. Like she thinks she's in a romantic scene. She's taking her Jerry. dress off. She's, she's just like, oh, we're just gonna get crazy. I'm gonna and like she's like, I mean, she's like, what did you just? I would just clear off the table and make love right here. Right. And he's like, taped to a chair. He's like taped completely to a fucking chair. chair. <laughs> right. And finally, she like teases the tape off of his mouth and just like let's you know like let's let's get to business. And he's and she's and she's like, I'm I'm we're gonna do this. And and he's like, well, take the tape off then. Right, and she's like, "You want really? You want me to take the tape off?" Like thinking that he wants to go through with this, right? And of course, she takes the tape off, and he grabs the gun, which is he finds out is fake, right? And the choke of it all, fucking, just like takes off all the shit and le- and fucking punches her and leaves. <laughs> like, but, so apparently, he wanted to in the scene that he was saying the only way it could be real is if I put her. I strangle her or something on the glass table where the dinner was. Oh, right, right. Like to beat her up and strangle her on the table right right there. And she's like, I don't feel comfortable with that. You're more like a father figure and I'm obsessed. You know, so, you know, Scorsese kind of stuck in and kind of came in and said, look, just, you know, you're threatening enough. You just approach her. Yeah. Corner I, her against the wall. And she's Scorsese's like, right, what are you yeah. going to do? What are you right. going to do? You know, he could either kiss her or smack her. And he smacks her like, you know, Rhett Butler does from yeah. Gone with the Wind, you know? Yeah. He, right. he, like, he smacks, he, he hits her pretty hard. And the thing is, like, why Scorsese's completely right. And the thing is that, like, if Jerry had gotten vengeance like that, you know, like, then it, it throws he's off no the He's no different. Whole, then he's no different, right? And, like, then it's It was just more like, of a shame on you slap. Yeah, like, and he, and he smacks her and she falls to the ground. Like, it's violent, and it makes you like you're just like oh, that's nasty. Like that's suddenly very cruel in the context of this comedy. Like it, like it feels out of place, but at the right. same time, it also shows that he's fucking fearing for his life. Like yeah, he's, like he's like she could have cut my fucking throat. Like were you nuts? <laughs> you know that this is bad news. So like it's a great way to uh, snap you out of the uh, because. And she's not the only one who's living in a fantasy. Like we are living in a fantasy because we are treating it like a comedy when this is not a comedy to him. Like this is that's absolutely point, fucking yeah. dangerous. Yeah. And so like, th- it's a great moment. That's very shocking. And it, it wakes you up out of the scene. And I think that's really, that's a really terrific thing for Scorsese to, 
Specifically and then she's running down the street. She has a great figure there. Oh, yeah, I fell sure, in yeah. love with her on that street. I was like, God, she's so beautiful. Yeah. And um, I know people are like, oh, she's so ugly. But like, no. I, no, she, she, I mean, she's an interesting looking person for sure. Oh, I mean, she's, she's not, she's not cool, traditionally beautiful. beautiful, but she's like, she's, she's beautiful. She's she was beautiful. Yeah. And um, like, I think that uh, Charlotte Gonsborg is beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally she's great. stunning. Yeah. yeah totally and uh, I've received flack for that, but that's fine. Yeah, well, like this, it, she's got a good. She has a very unique look, which is which is really sort of it's beautiful in a very intriguing way, right? But it's not like Grace Kelly, right? She's not like uh, glamorous. She's like a little strange, and that's what makes her attractive, and that's what makes her really perfect for this movie, casting wise, is because it makes her seem um, uh, not un- not unstable, but unpredictable. Yes. You know? And I think that, that that really, really lends the And that was perfect. when she was in in front of him singing, yeah. that was all improv. It's great. That's it's the great. only improv in the movie besides yeah. the Fong or the Chan character mm-hmm. when he enters the house and they just rolled. And she's like, I just, I just want to be, I just want to, that's you know, like all, like, oh, what a fucking like, line. She's that's like, from her, like, I just want like, to be, be Tina Turner. And she goes, like uh, this? You're like, I, what? <laughs> what are you doing? What is happening for you? you yeah. Know? And so, like the uh, so all that falls apart. You see Jerry like just stalking down, picking the last bits of tape off of them, and then the uh, uh, the show comes on. Right? The like the like his show comes on TV, and he sees his show come on in a stack of television sets in the front of a department store. Right. And he sees. Hopkin come on stage to deliver his monologue and the right. shot of him outside the glass looking in on the TVs of his show is the answer shot, the mirror shot to Bernhard in the limousine looking right. out like these two, these two images together are the entire movie, you know? And it's like, it's so beautifully staged. It's like my, favorite gags from Scorsese and like he is destroyed and complete. Like you see Jerry is destroyed and he's outside of his own world now. Like he is, he is now outside the limousine. Right. And right. so then you have uh, the FBI is forced to take Pupkin because he won't tell where Jerry is, is forced to take Pupkin where he wants to go. And where does Pupkin want to go? To the bar. To the bar where the girl he was trying to seduce was his high school friend slash semi-girlfriend uh and he's gonna go in there and he fucking climbs in the bar even though nobody wants him to change the channel he changes the channel and makes them all watch his monologue and just to fucking show them like i'm gonna show you you bitch look at what you missed out on that's what his that's what he's doing right right and then you get to see uh on a close-up television screen his entire monologue and the monologue is brilliant because it tells you everything of what is why everything is wrong for him like right i grew up in jersey my parents were both alcoholics they beat me my father beat me harder i became an alcoholic myself most likely uh and i realized that even just to have one moment of being recognized as a person by anyone in the outside world was worth anything that I had to do. That's the sum of what he says 
in his But he mind. says it in a very all jokes. vaudevillian way. Right. All jokes. And I can't even say all the jokes are bad. Some of them are kind of funny, but they all feel like they're going to go off into a bad territory. Like, all of the jokes feel like, ha-ha, what? <laughs> and it gets weirder. And topics get weirder, and they make less and less sense until he's, like, saying, and, like, my father was beating me so hard, you know, I was, I was throwing up, you know, and you're like, we have left joke town, <laughs> joke town, USA, you know, and, uh, and he doesn't realize that all these jokes he's telling are the joke of his life. Right. And he is trying, he's forcing everyone to appreciate what a genius he is. And instead what we're seeing is how sad, is how sad. Yeah. But here's the deal. He had to, he had to pay his dues. And Jerry covers that very early. <laughs> and he's like, you know, you start at the clubs. I, I know it's an old thing, but you got to start at the bottom. Yeah, well, it's like, yeah, exactly. You like, got to start at Roto. That's an old Groucho Mark thing. But in the, but start in start at Roto and work your way up. The, the, supervised. the movie very honestly shows you that you don't have to do that because Rupert goes to jail. We find out he spends, he's, now, he's in there for five on. years. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Is that real or in his mind? We don't know. We do not know. Like, certainly I've seen shit like that be real in real life. So it's plausible that it's real. Yeah. You know? And so he, like, it could be a fantasy. We don't know. He, uh, like, it leaves it, leaves it to the audience to, to answer whether what the ending is, is true or not. But what right. is said is that he is out in two years for good behavior and gets a book deal. And he makes a million dollars on that. And then he ends up with a show just like Jerry's only now that's popular. And now he is living the dream that he always wanted to live. And because they don't say it's a fantasy, we go, no. wait a minute. <laughs> no, don't you? Now that's the big question. Because mm-hmm. when they keep saying Rupert Pupkin, ladies and gentlemen, Rupert Pupkin, Pupkin. Pupkin. Yeah, so, ladies and gentlemen, Rupert Pupkin it has elements of fantasy. But it is yeah. certainly very plausible. Like, like, look at say, for instance, the Kardashians, who, as far as I know, I don't do anything. <laughs> well, their mom certainly built an empire. They did, sure. They did yeah. an. Em- they they built an empire, very successful empire, out of doing nothing at all. Well, they've contributed a lot to culture. Obviously, yes. I mean, and, and the thing is, I've never seen the show. I'm sure it's very entertaining. They like, have contributed a lot to culture. Yes, for good or for ill. Yeah, but like what there's culture. Yes, <laughs> like I don't have anything. I I've never seen the show. I don't have anything bad to say. But like certainly there are m- many many examples of people getting book deals for being bad people and becoming quite famous. Of them. yeah, like Octomom. Exactly. Like, that's a fucking <laughs> that's a lifestyle, man. Like that endangers not only your life but the the people that you're creating. Whatever. But there's a certain. There's a certain insanity, I think, going on. Um, and uh, I saw this thing when I work out, and I got, Dan, we've talked about this. I got to work out. I got to stay body beautiful. And that's my Obviously. regimen. Well, that's you my and thing. Bradley Whitford, I'm just saying. That's why yeah, I mean, that's, so that's why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And I just watch YouTube when I work out. So I just, it's a total rabbit hole. That's oh, why I make a separate page for you guys to see stuff, because I just hit stuff with my sweaty paws. Yeah. And oh, what's this? You know, today I watched Dio live 1985. Yeah, now we're talking. Right? But it oh, seems like shit. you do that to but just I'll... get it out of your system. It's like here, here's 17 links of things 
placed in random places. You know what, Chris? I'm not going to do it anymore. <laughs> no, but I'm trying to sell you. I want to. I want to try to save you. I'm trying to save you from that because it feels like you. You like. What am I going to do with this link here? You have to have it. I want those links. I want that information. But you just can't just randomly place it everywhere. It feels like you're getting it out of your system. Group, group it. Keep. <laughs> yes, it, it yeah. needs to stay in a place and Absolutely. stay organized. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to to help to hate. To have Just those... look at them and make your own mind up. <laughs> keep it but I can't keep up. It's too much. It's too much. Your creativity is overwhelming. It's not Chris, creativity. you're trying to it's capture a sunrise. <laughs> okay, so anyway, I'm watching this thing. Let me get back to the story when Deal. I was working 19, out. Yeah, right. yeah. And, but I hit this thing, and it was about this woman, young girl. I thought she was pretty. She was pretty blonde-ish. Um... And she lived in L.A., but then she moved up north. You probably heard this case. It was 2016. So she goes out jogging, and then she disappears. So her husband goes nuts. Then four weeks later, she shows up naked with a brand on her back. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Tied up naked on a robe. And then she said, two Hispanic women kidnapped. Mm. That was four years ago. Pandemic, everything. Then this was a follow-up in May, this past May. And you see the police footage of the room. She comes in with her husband. The FBI is like, look, we got the DNA that's on your body. It's actually your ex-boyfriend. So could you explain what went on? So she just stayed at her ex-boyfriend's home for four weeks. And in order to make it legitimate, he bought a brand at a cattle thing store and branded her back. And then made the whole story. And I'm thinking, I love what like, I love, I love about you, that story. Like, She's like, you know what's going to make it more plausible is if the women who did it are Hispanic. But think how stupid <laughs> these people are. And she was totally uh, confident. It, it like, that's me. not true all right. the way to the end. And the right. husband is just like, uh, we're getting divorced. This is, we're done. And he <laughs> just leaves the interrogation. But I was thinking, what person does this? Like, yeah. disappears for four weeks. And well, then, yeah. why, why do we want Finn? Like that's well, the real, come on! Like, like that's who, the question. who who is the guy who just got elected and lied about everything in his life? <laughs> that I look. I've been talking to my wife about that, Nancy. I don't know if you guys met her, Nancy. And um, we were saying it's just unbelievable the lies this guy. He says he's Jewish, but no, I meant Jewish. Like not well, Jewish. He, like first of all, I, that's not a very good defense because you are a fucking racist. <laughs> Je- but the, I'm Jew esque. He just thinks people are stupid, or. Right. He's yeah. he's pumpkin. He right. just thinks people are stupid. Right. Or I'm in. All right. I have to do is coast through. He was he was on he was on Fox and the guy the host on Fox like don't you have any shame? He was like, what about me? It's like I'm not. It's like I'm not lying. Look at the uh, Don or, or uh, uh, he said uh, his mother died in 9/11. Yeah, yeah, God. yeah. God. He, he's a, what's his name? Costas. Uh, 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 <laughs> Costa. No. 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 Anyway, Fran. Yeah. Yes, well, it's just ridiculous. No, but when you watch that, they—it's—he is so egomaniacal. He's out of touch. He's Rupert right. Pumpkin. Right. Well, this is the thing, dude. It's like there's—it's it's just astonishing people lie like that. Well, but the, the, the fact that what's even more amazing is they're going to let him stay a congressman. That's because, right. Because the people he's a stupid Republican. They should. I, I'm like, why is this guy still around? Right. What leaders are saying, get out of here? You because people just quickly, guys, for those he lied about his college. He lied about his job. He mm. lied about his mother's death. He lied about being an ethnic. He went to Israel saying he was Jewish. He said that and, his he said his grandparents died in the Holocaust. 
I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, that's oh, just stop. like stop. How, that's, you're a yeah. disturbed, you're a disturbed person, and you shouldn't be representing anybody. It's, it's pathological. But he it's thinks he's pathological. because he's in, he'll just write it out. But the thing is, like, this is the difference. Like the like, there's one guy who does this. Then hey, man, you get psych, you get psychos like this. That's that's the way it goes. But the people that need to defend him and keep him in office because they need the points. Because yeah, like this is the like that's the actual in. Okay, systemic but that issue. what does that say? If mm-hmm. Republicans, that's how desperate have, they are. That's pathetic. Yeah, oh, it's that's how desperate they insidious. are. Yeah, that's where's their integrity? There yeah, is no integrity. Right. They've that's never right. had integrity. Look what they did with Trump for fucking four yeah. years. And I feel like I, no integrity. Right. And look look like, at Lindsey Graham. How much he freaking backpedaled on everything he said. Yeah, because they're these are all pumpkins. They're all they're pumpkins. all pumpkins. Yeah, like these, like all these people are pumpkins. And the thing is, like that's the that it has nothing to do. Like for instance, like when we talk about. Like, uh, oh, yeah, you have to start from the bottom, work your way up. Like, I don't actually necessarily believe this. Like, I I believe that if if you're really good and, you know, you get recognized for it and it becomes a business for you at any point, that's perfectly valid. It doesn't make any difference. Like, you don't have to. I don't need someone to, like, go through years and years and years of art school in order to be an artist and be recognized as one. No, if you're really good and you're committed and you want to do the job, then go ahead and do it. It's fine. Like, the what. What really is the issue is why are you doing it? Like, why do you want to be famous? Like, if you want to be, fa- if you want to be famous, what is actually driving you? Like, what is being satisfied by that? You know, do you want like? The- okay, so but this goes back, Dan. Mm-hmm. This goes back because I was researching for today, even though I know this movie like the back of my hand. Mm-hmm. I was researching, and yet it's odd that I like this movie. But the point is, I was researching, and somebody had this theory. That because the look on Pupkin's face, he realized at the end where Rupert Pupkin, ladies and gentlemen, he realizes like, wait, you actually have to be talented to do this. There's like a self-awareness. There's a moment. Of him. Sure. Because everyone is cheering crazy and he's like, it's, it's okay. He realizes, wow, I'm, this is the first anti-dream theory about the film ending that I've heard. Right. No, where it's like he's just totally self-aware. He's not like, hey, smiling. He's like, it's, it's, it's okay. Like he's there's a self awareness. Yeah, that's about interesting. Him. That's very and interesting. He's subdued. Like, oh, I actually yeah. have to be talented. Well, that's because that's the thing is he's not he doesn't want to be famous because he wants to be a comedian. He wants to be famous for revenge. Yes, like, and he, he wants this guy who was elected that Chris supports wants to be. Uh, he he's not going to. He just wants the power. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It doesn't matter what's being like, said. Hey, exactly. Honestly, you can see him talk. It doesn't matter he just, what he, he, he doesn't just stand for anything. If he sticks around long enough, people will forget it. People are stupid. Oh, yeah, well, they exactly. will. Exactly. But how they already have. have. How can you have the cohones to say you're no. Jewish Where? Oh, or your awful. mother died? That's, in like, it shows or such... your family was in Holocaust. It, it shows. It shows that you hate the people that you represent. It shows that you hate the people you represent. Like you're just like look at these fucking idiots. Yeah, I can just I can just lie to them. They'll keep on supporting me. It's like when it's like when Trump said. You know, I can shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and they'll still elect me. Like, what does that say about? Did his... he really? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And he's like, did "What does that really say?" Know. Yes, yes, he did. And it's just like, what does that say about the people you're supposedly there to serve? Like, you're just saying they're morons. That's what you're saying. Like, it's it, it's you're just saying they're idiots. And so, like the the reason, like when you're talking about getting like people, his like, defense, it, by the way, his defense was like, "I have not lied nearly as much as Joe Biden has lied to the American people over the last thirty years." That's God. his defense. That's the defense. Yeah, sure, great. So, they, but this is the thing: <laughs> like when when you're talking about fame, like fame as a as a byproduct of practicing art that you love, 
fame is a byproduct of uh, wanting to communicate uh, important ideas to people. Fame is a byproduct of wanting to be a public servant because you care about the country that you live in uh, and the people no, that live fame in. Fame is just a fame, byproduct fi- of doing what you love doing. Doing what you love doing. Like that's like that's it. Like if you if you are doing something and you become famous for it, it's because you love it. Then you're going to have a solid experience with this. If you're doing something because you crave definition, uh, and you need uh, someone to tell you you're a real person all the time, well, that's never going to fucking work in a million years, and it's going to it's going to destroy you. You know, and because like there's because you can even see it with Jerry in the movie. Like Jerry, he is living alone in a totally isolated place of distrust. Like he can't trust anyone. He can't even have. He has to have the phone off the hook when he, he has to have the phone off the hook. There's no one he can communicate with. It's horrible. That was sad thing about that is that he was just all those shots. He's in a box alone in a glass. One hundred percent, all yeah. the time. And then literally, he is that in the end of the movie. Like his last shot is he is. He is just outside the black even the, the, in the his box. Even in his house in the Hamptons, he mm-hmm. is harassed. And what yeah. is the last shot of Jerry? It's him Lampton. looking at the TVs. Oh yeah, he was pissed, but yep. it, it, it was just like it, there was something beautiful about that, but also something very after hours about that. Oh, totally, totally. It's I mean, like there's a, there's a lot of connection to after hours, obviously, and like the after hours like, came the, out the, right the, after this, right? And yeah, the, and the and bar, and the, almost the bar. these two films together, yeah, it would be very great. much the same tone, same desperation. You know, like Griffin Dunn is like you swap out wanting to be famous with wanting to get laid, and you have Griffin Dunn's character. Yeah, couldn't you mix this together? Put AI and do a recut of these two movies together. That's true, man. Because I mean, like, it's 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 literally it's it's totally true. Because like, if you like, Griffin, you know what you guys are talking about? The King of the Scorsese verse. The Scorsese verse. (laughs) That's right. But it's true because like Griffin Dunn in After Hours, he wants to get laid. He doesn't care who by. Like he wants to pretend like he's a really nice guy who has lots to give the world, right? And like he's a really caring person. He's not. He's he's a fucking. He wants to go get laid. That's it. And he's willing to fuck anybody who will give him the time of day. He's just a jerky podcaster type. This like this is all. All he wants is this. And 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 Pupkin. All he wants is fame to prove that he's better than everyone. Like they're the same, basically the same film. Like he want, like uh, Griffin Dunn wants to dominate women so he can feel good about himself, and Pupkin wants to dominate everyone so he can feel like a human. And in both uh, in both cases, these are em- completely empty well, journeys. Pure ego, pure, pure, ego pure ego on pure ego on these guys. Yeah, and so like that's the that like that's when I when I relate this movie to say social media. You know, it's like I'm asking myself. When I when I go off on some giant rant, right? I start writing up a giant rant because I'm mad about something I read, which happens like fucking every single day. You know, I'm mad right, about let me something. Ask you a question: Why do you do that? Why do you have to? I'm not criticizing you. No, this is what, he doesn't this, actually this, post it. He writes it, but he doesn't. Post I write it, it and then I throw it away. I write it and then I delete it. And uh, and I do this because I was ruining my life. It. Those are that would be a great book. But fuck it. No, I don't want any of it. <laughs> Actually, like if it's about Star Wars, I tend to save them to my own Gmail. Uh, but uh, like if like anything else, anything else, politics and all this kind of jazz, like I, I get all my anger out and then I ask myself, did is there anything here I, I wanted to actually say or did I just want revenge? You know, and most of the time I just want revenge. I don't actually do. I don't want revenge. I just want to get even. 
Oh yeah, no one. I mean, you just want the satisfaction of the other person knowing that you're correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, and that's the way justice should be. That's served. how justice should be served, yeah. obviously. <laughs> right. That's right. Just. Oh, you know what I find is a great back. kind of de-stressor is that go on mid journey. Prompt. Yeah. Right. Prompt away. But yeah, like it's like it's like we said last time. The uh, it was so telling when I saw so many people repost that quote. That I think it's John Adams' quote that was uh, um, uh, uh, was it mercy for the guilty is cruelty to the innocent. And people reposted this all the time, and I'm just like, if I rephrase that as to what it's really saying, which is uh, mercilessness is a is good, it doesn't sound so good. Like merc- mercilessness is a virtue. Doesn't sound like something you want to fucking post on Facebook. That sounds cruel, you know. And uh, and I think that that's it's a great example of how people like turn something around in their head. Say, no, it's not really about me. It's about justice. No, it's about the fact that you're pissed and you want to hurt someone. Like that's actually what's going on for you. Like you want to define yourself against somebody else, uh, so you feel better about yourself, and so you so you feel less small. And, huh. uh, and like this, the, this happened, I've done, you know, I've, I've had that feeling a million times and I've acted on it and felt bad about it. And it's uh, something that when you watch a movie like this, I just go, that's the problem in a nutshell, man. Like you're not, you're not, you're, you're, you're posting because you want to be, no, you want people to know that you are better than everybody else. And that's what, if, if Rupert Pumpkin had lived in the world of the internet, like oh my he, god he'd be a fucking ranting m- m- dope that was my thing about As the I joker been. i liked the joker i thought it was shot well it was beautiful, beautiful yeah, film. Sure. but i just was like it just seemed like a carbon copy of some of the in- underlying intentions and everything of um uh what's it called again uh King of comedy, King of whereas yeah. there was an opportunity now that culture has changed so much and it's become more real life to really have a deep, deeper kind of through line. Well, right. think about this. I mean, let's just talk about this for a second. Like, it's interesting that that movie got made the way it did because obviously it is it is trying to leverage everything about King of Comedy to make this film. And somehow it was like, well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do the King of Comedy, but we're going to make it about a superhero film. We're going right. to put it in a superhero metaverse because, like, because that's the only way they can make that happen. Well, the thing is, like when you say it like that, like if you had if you had said, "I have a pitch, let's make King, King Comedy, but as a superhero film," the first thing I would I would think we'd we'd be talking about is like we can use people's obsession with blowing their egos out of proportion via superhero movies, right? Through this lens to say something new and powerful, right? right? That's that's what we'd be talking about. But instead, what they do is make a superhero movie like <laughs> like this is the the problem with the joker i mean you could make it you could make it so that you know someone kidnaps kevin feige at comic-con <laughs> yeah exactly dude right and so like the it's like the the movie the problem with the joker for me is that like not that it's a bad movie. it isn't a bad movie. it's perfectly entertaining movie. it's a good superhero movie you know but the problem if in terms of it actually saying something meaningful is that it uh it pities rupert pupkin yeah like Rupert Pupkin is the fucking villain. He is the villain. He is who you don't want to be. Like you can empathize with everything that created him. That's fine. 
but don't sure. you don't celebrate him. He's not right. You know, and in the end, it's just that oh, lost your audio for a second again. But I, uh, one one thing that I think is 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 uh, uh, interesting is that you question whether he you have empathy for him or not the whole time. You're constantly questioning it. So uh, yeah, yeah well, the, the evidence. Nope, your audio is zipping in and out. I don't know what's happening. In a submarine. In a submarine. The, the the evidence that I have empathy for is that the movie makes me scared and mad, like because I see it because I see things in myself that are pumpkin pumpkin esque, and that is a critique of me, which is responsible. Really? For right. Like that's that's what that's what that's what makes the movie a, a work of art. It's because like, I look at this and I'm just like, oh fuck, I've done this. I've done very similar things to this, and I'm not and and I haven't always been aware that I've done it. And the movie uh, allows me to see that in myself because it's exaggerating it so strongly. And it gives me a chance to uh, work on that problem because I certainly am embarrassed that it's true. Um, but it gives me an opportunity to see it before uh, it happens. Right. You know, and I think that that's, the, that's what Scorsese did brilliantly in, in all, you know, and in, in especially that period of film, you know, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, that kind of stuff, where you're just like, the reason why Raging Bull is brilliant is because I, against my will, I identify with Jake LaMotta, who is a ugly, brutal person. You know, he is a, he is a bad person. And I, and I totally have seen myself make choices like this. And uh, it is very sad and it's very lonely. And like uh, when he is like, you know, fucking, you know, uh, the, like the two great moments when he's punching the wall and like, you did this to yourself, you get yeah. fucking idiot you know like you're here you are suffering and then in the end when he's just like and just give me a cage where this bull here can rage and does this whole act you're like that's entertainment that's entertainment yeah oh man (laughs) like that's when you're like i want to die (laughs) (laughs) it's 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 brutal but it's necessary that's what makes it great art you know it's useful to me as an audience member to have that mirror held up to me because right. like pretending I'm a pretending I'm Captain America for 15 years, not so healthy. Nope. But it also gets you going through the next day, dude. I'm I'm all for I'm all for heroic stories. I think heroic stories are just as valid as anti-heroic stories for sure. That when you only have one in your life, you're you're jerking off. <laughs> like that's what it is. Like I'm a good person. I'm Captain America. Like you got to watch the Taxi Driver right away, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, you're probably not that good person all the time. Yeah, huh. yeah. As I as I rolled this bottle around in my hand, <laughs> what is that hot sauce? Yeah, <laughs> here we go. All Putting right. my Freudian symbolism away. That's how I feel about it. Uh, I do. I do. Uh, uh, want to say okay. First of all, a uh, couple notes. Uh, I want to give you guys a um, link in the Discord. Uh, sorry, in the Discord, in our Twitch stream for our Discord. If you guys are following us, we'd love uh, you to be uh, part of our Discord. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. If you uh, are a Patreon member, uh, it's uh, basically it is uh, patreon.com slash martini giant. Uh, you get access to the members only section of the Discord. 
Uh, but otherwise, just go on the Discord. There's still lots of great stuff that goes on there. You don't necessarily have to be a Patreon member to get all the cool stuff. You just get bonuses for that. But it's the end of the year. And if you feel generous yeah. for the end of the year and you would like to become a patron, we would love to have you. It, so yeah, um, it, it helps the show. We really appreciate it. And, we really uh, do. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we, we certainly love the idea of uh, chatting with people in, um, in Discord and join up with that regardless. Uh, sure. But uh, also join us for our um, uh, watch parties and uh, and every other Saturday because that's another another great chance for, to connect and chat and uh, and talk all this nonsense over yeah. Chuck Norris movies. Chuck Norris films. We did Chuck, uh, we did uh, Breaker Chuck, Breaker yeah, with baby. Chuck Norris. That's right. Uh, but l- the thing is also yeah. So we usually record we usually record on Saturdays uh, at uh, at three p.m. Pacific time. Uh, but we are doing an extra one on Monday because we're trying to get a couple of ones in. So if you want to join us on Monday for Tootsie, we'd love to have you there as Monday, January 2nd. Uh, you'll probably, if you're listening to this in podcast, that's way past, but, uh, but anyway, we're going to have that one going on. And then on next Saturday, we are going to be doing anti-meme, which will also be a lot of fun because I've seen anti-meme many, many times. I really I enjoy never it. Seen an you ain't never oh, seen yeah. it. And Eric, I think would enjoy it as well. Uh, he that's a, that's a breed of, uh, of, of musicals in that time period. I really it's not really a musical. Well, just that, like that, the, the technical, it's a comedy thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it, it's very theatrical by the way. It's yeah, like, it could definitely be like a theater thing, yeah, but the characters good. are good. I think the inter- it's an interesting thing. Yeah. Um, uh, was, uh, was fun. Uh, so basically that's, uh, what's going on. I, uh, and you know, today is, uh, New Year's Eve. So I want to wish everyone a happy, happy, New happy New Year's. Happy New Year. All 2023. Someone put, uh, by the way, uh, the reason is that someone in our discord actually just posted a picture in our meme section that said that Zardoz takes place in 2023. Yeah. So, uh, yes, that is the year. Bust out the line gloves, gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. So Zardoz <laughs> is, is, uh, is year 2023. So that that's is it. fun. That's it. Uh, fun to to think about uh, as well. So, is Zardos? Yeah. If Zardos is on Prime, that would be a great watch party. Oh, Even though we did an actual episode of it, I I love that movie. Zardos is really cool. It's, it's a, a really film. bizarre, cool, fun movie that makes almost no sense, but it's fun to try to make sense of. Really, yeah. really fun. Uh, also, I just want to point out we had uh, a whole bunch of great comments uh, uh, from uh, Casey in the comments, uh, including first rule of Rant Club is we always talk about rank club. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, and I really want to shout him out on, I wish I had a ticker that counted how many paragraph po- plus posts I didn't post versus the ones I I did to see how much of a good person I was every week. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, yes, I'll, I'll pat myself on the back one right now for saying so. <laughs> and Casey did just, Casey did just join our, uh, our discord. So Casey, go ahead and click on the rules section, do a little check mark next to the rules. Nice. Thank uh, you, Casey. Uh, if you click that check mark, uh, you will get access to the rest of the discord. That's sort of awesome. System that's Thank put you, up. Casey. And, uh, rem- uh, uh, if you have any questions, just ask Fruity Pebbles, who is our, uh, one of our mods on the forum also happens to be my daughter, which is great. Okay. Uh, that's, I think I'm going to wrap it up as <laughs> we good. have a good talk land, on, land on it. Thank you, uh, Eric to, uh, to bring this to us. I have this theory because Eric talks about movies quite a bit, but when we actually do them as episodes of podcast, he stops talking about him for a while. Uh, so I'm wondering if he's going to still talk about King of Comedy because I know he loves it so much. But he doesn't oh, talk. No. About, he doesn't talk. He doesn't talk about Thunderbolt and Lightfoot anymore at all. Yes, I, I do. <laughs> oh, we got to. We, we have to do that. We have to do another episode on it. Again. Yeah, but 
I, I, I don't yeah. know why I like this movie a lot so much. It struck right. me at a good time. I think it's, I think it's great. Right. I think it's great. It's, it's an odd movie, but it's beautiful. Absolutely. And it's, uh, we have to do Broadway Denny Rose, which is one of my favorite movies. Oh, yeah. Shot I was at gonna, the same time. I was just going to quickly mention another movie that I owe you because I totally agree with to uh, Broadway Denny Rose. And I also think a nice pairing with this movie is, um, uh, uh, uh what's it? The, the other Woody Allen movie where it's, uh, which, which is about him as a filmmaker, black and white, Stardust Memories. Stardust, Stardust oh, Memories yes. in this have a lot of the, uh, the same sort of, uh, uh, nasty un- underlying, a critique, which I really, really enjoy. So check those out if you get a chance. I think actually all those are right now available on Tubi, which I can't believe we haven't mentioned, even though they're not paying us. Tubi is amazing and has a shitload of great movies. So is Canopy. Canopy is amazing. Canopy. Oh, yeah. And also on Can- and, uh, one Canopy can- with a K, by the way. Canopy with a K, which you can, I can, I've already watched it. You can watch uh, Martin Scorsese's uh, Journey Through American Film which is multiple hours long documentary. It's on Canopy. It is absolutely fantastic. And it's basically been a checklist of movies that I should see throughout my entire life. And right. we don't get paid for any of those. We uh, don't, but, but no. we recommend it. So Canopy, just so you know, to be as, uh, is, uh, as a trend that's happening now in the streaming world. And I, there's a term for it, by the way, it's Tubi called isn't. fast, which is free advertised supported television. Oh yeah. That's fast. And so Tubi is one of them. The uh, the biggest one, do you know what the biggest fast network is? Not Pluto. Tubi. Pluto? Nope. Pluto is up there, but it's not Pluto. Freebie. No. Okay. It's oh, the, the Roku channel. Oh, Roku. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yep. Roku basically has a similar thing as Tubi, right? Yep. And so it's just ad-supported, and you just watch it. Roku makes all its money on ads through the Roku channel. Right. That's interesting. Uh, so Tubi is another one, obviously. But uh, Canopy is not ad-supported. This is your government dollars at work. Yeah, you already pay for it. You already have Canopy. You already have Canopy, right? And so all you need to do to get Canopy is you need to get a library card from your local library, which you can do online. And then once you have that library card, you can sign up to Canopy. And basically, it's like movie rentals that you used to do through your library and get free movies you could rent for the library all the time. Now you can just do it as streaming, and they have great stuff on there. Insane really selection. Good. You want really good. Shit? That's the joint, dude. It's, yeah. If you're a film nerd, Canopy is uh, 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 the other. Uh, they the do secret, restrict secret you. Garden. They do restrict you to ten movies a month, which is plenty. That's, you know, it's fine. That's totally yeah. fine. But, but it's yeah. amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, all right, you guys ready? Let's yes. All right. Drink. Talk. Drink. Drink.